moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Friday, September 10th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. You can get everything you need to get your meat well done mm. at manrubs.com. They got rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, all-around barbecue-related gear, whether you're spicing up the grill or the neighborhood while rocking some Man Rubs gear. Make barbecue great again with the promo code STEAK15 for 15% off everything in their store. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, stayreadygear.com, and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom Kydex mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear for you military and LEO listeners. Want something custom? They can hook you up. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. I like it. I also like some of the uh, world's most technologically advanced in-studio headphones and equipment from Odyssey at odyssey.com. Whether you're into gaming, recording music, or pretend to be podcast hosts like Noah and myself. Pretending? No. We're always strapped with our Odyssey headphones. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook as well. To all our medical professionals out there, or not. Semi-professional. Right? If you uh, are medicing mediocrely, head on over to Mediocre Medic. MediocreMedic.com. They've got some... Uh, Tactical gear that'll definitely not make anybody you're about to try and rescue feel any better, but at least you'll look good doing it. Maybe it'll give them a giggle. Yeah, they're on Instagram as well, and they got a pretty good IG. Firearms. For the last couple weeks, I've been making fun of all the countries like Australia and Canada, the UK. We wish they had more of them, but after that Biden presser yesterday. I got steak knives. Yeah, you might want to head down to West Coast Survival Arm. Mike's totally redesigned his website. He's got a five-star rating, and he's a licensed FFL. He's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's on Facebook at WestCoastSurvivalArms.com and by the telephone at 619-870-6992. And finally, but definitely not least, the patch father, Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us, home of the zero-fuck stuff. I think I'm wearing my coronavirus veteran T-shirt today. Which would match the flag we have hanging up in the studio. We've got some patches on our ceiling and some pins on my bag. Uh, Mark's got everything you need to make sure you look extra while you're out there uh, defending your property. So extra. Tactically. He's also on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Speaking of which, it's Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you can find a link tree to all our accounts, where to stream the show, telegrams, Antoinette's accounts, and our website. And on that note, welcome. Welcome. Friday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 62. I'm Roan. Joined always. Hey, Noah. What's happening? Antoinette. Hello. Hi. 
and the long-anticipated debut on Steak for Breakfast. He's a former Texas Congressional District candidate, 31. He's a, I guess you'd call him a leader in the business community, a mentor. He's a public speaker. He doesn't even need an introduction. Mr. Jeremy Bravo, welcome to Steak for Breakfast. Welcome. Happy Friday. And uh, this crazy world we live in today in 2021, I know uh, you wake up and you sometimes feel like you're in the twilight zone, but it's actual uh, reality. If only the Mayan calendar was right. (laughs) Or is it? Uh, You know, (laughs) Uh, we can talk about that later, but... uh, (laughs) That's right. Spears' favorite show. <laughs> but it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure being on the show. Yes, uh, I, I've ran for Congress actually twice in one election cycle, which uh, is abnormal. I don't know if I would ever recommend that, doing that. Uh, Sounds like a lot of work. Ever, uh, again, and my my thought process behind that just briefly is: look, when you get recruited from one candidate committee, and then you realize they sell you on this JFK dream that was not true. And they tell you, you gotta, you gotta follow their path versus write your own story for the people. Mm. Um, you decide to terminate a campaign. Of course, the candidate committee's not very happy about that. Uh, and then I went back to the secretary of state's office and refiled and signed a declaration of intent to run as an independent candidate that is essentially representative of uh, all people, kind of nice. like George Washington in a nice. sense. So uh, we the people, right? Yeah. yeah. I like it. How's everything going with you now? What are you, what are you up to? Uh, what's your everyday life looking like these days? What are you doing? Everyday life, uh, it's it's been crazy. I'll, I'll tell you that. So sure uh, you think about work, balancing work with, um, with trying to be a leader in the community. And right now we have we have a I would say a leader less yeah. community. And it's uh, it's sad to say that we saw some people that decided to take off work and go to Washington. Um, with Miller Lite and uh, just do their political grandstanding there to try to get an unconstitutional uh, federal elections bill passed that would have been really the end of America. And they accomplished nothing. They got COVID. Um, They weren't wearing masks. And it was a complete disaster. And it was a waste of taxpayer money, time, and um, everything else. And we we have school boards. We have a lot of issues relative to school board. So it's getting people involved in the community. Look, it's very easy for somebody like myself to say, Hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. Uh, but it kind of dilutes the message if you're there over and over. Again. Right. So it's empowering the people um, outside of that uh, environment to really stand up for America, understand how important our constitution is. We're almost to September 18th, most important day um, in history, no offense to 1776. But uh, September 18th, uh, uh, 1787, it was, it was very important. But very. when you when you think about uh, today, it's just really equipping people with the knowledge and wisdom to really make an impact in the community. Because, look, it's going to take more than us that are uh, talking today to be able to drive change in a manner that's going to be conducive for growth for all people. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day is taking a step back and uh, – just trying to start trying to drive a wedge into that polarization that we're seeing in America today. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and definitely touched on some good points there. I think this is going to be a uh, pretty amazing episode before we even started. 
I know at the beginning of that, you said things were crazy. You mentioned crazy. So it's a perfect segue into our first segment. And that's the address that Joe Biden gave the Ugh. nation yesterday. <laughs> Usually comes to mind when I think of the word crazy. <sighs> um, kind of unprecedented. I'm going to say that's a first of its kind. Uh, the tone, the, you know. Threats? Yeah. All that stuff. I'd say thinly veiled, but that probably wasn't really right. I mean, tone. you you would think back to like other presidential addresses where they would be making like you know statements on the same level, but those are towards international terrorists, um, drug cartels, not the citizens of the country. No, whether you like them or not. No, I don't think he likes us, and not at all. Um. Jeremy, before we get into some audio of that, whatever you call it was yesterday, I know you've heard it. Shit sandwich. Yeah. What are your feelings just off the top uh, on on the delivery, at least, by uh... the delivery? Delivery. I mean, a cognitive exam should be ordered immediately for uh, Joe (laughs) Biden. Delivery was uh, terrible, and when you think about you, you think about the Constitution. I mean, what he you cannot you cannot force somebody to get a vaccine okay that is it's unconstitutional with 100% certainty no if ands buts maybes or what ifs about it i will debate joe biden and his entire senior staff on this very easy topic to uh, understand but you right now you think about america it doesn't sound like america no. if they're making threats to the entire american populace that sounds like a dictatorship Okay, it sounds like we're in North Korea or uh, China or somewhere else where you don't have um, the decisions to uh, really do whatever you want. I mean, America was founded on liberty and independence, not government coercion, domination or control. So we were born free and we must stay free in the United States of America. And what Joe Biden did was completely, completely um, dismiss anything our founding fathers fought for um, as we fought valiantly to get away from King George and uh, the British. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, There were some reports yesterday, you know, that his speech kind of disenfranchised somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 million U.S. citizens. I I think the number is a lot higher. 80 million votes? (laughs) Well, the the thing is, is that they always, they lie about everything. So I'm assuming they lie about how many people have actually been vaccinated. Um, You know, they always go way high. Yeah. But um, getting back to this address, it was supposed to be a uh, introduction of six pillars to build America back better from COVID. Those included vaccinating the unvaccinated further protecting the vaccinated, keeping schools safely opened. That's being held hostage by the teachers unions. It's like that part at Super Troopers, and he's like, I can't pull over any further. You can't get vaccinated any further. (laughs) Increasing (laughs) testing. I mean, that's probably the only one that I could say, eh, like like a 3.7 out of 10 that I even care about. Yeah. But in the same sense, there's a semicolon that says requiring masks. Oh. Yeah, so that goes all the way back down to zero. Protecting our economic recovery after the worst jobs report in decades last week. And then improving care for those with COVID-19. And let's not hope the people on that committee are going to have names like Wolf, Whitmer, mm. Murphy, Newsom, etc. You are part of the problem. Yeah. 
So that's kind of what the teaser to the media was. No one knows what to expect anymore when he goes up to the podium. I mean, he was walking away from his wife this morning while she was in, trying to introduce him. The sun was in his face, so he, he kept, like, shuffling till he was in the shade. And then he, like, something catches his eye, and he turns around, and he just starts walking away as she's introducing him. It, it, oh, it's gosh. that bad. I missed that one. So, yeah. <laughs> his staff, they mute him every time he goes on. They, they can't even listen to him. Yeah. So, but let's get into some of actually hearing, letting process again some of the things he was saying yesterday in regards to, uh, you know, this address he gave the nation, his COVID solution. You think uh, being a Biden staffer is going to be on dirty jobs ever? Mm. First shot in August than they did in July. But we need to do more. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you, the people huh? you work with, the people you care about, the people you love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show and then more, and so, more I mean, that, that's kind of how it started. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. A little, little bit of mandate going on there, but nothing too over the top threats. Like have been the whole time. Yeah. Well, he did say it's not about your freedoms. Yeah. That part kind of stuck with me a little bit. That, that was probably red flag one. Um, I feel like didn't George Washington say something along those lines? Maybe opposite of that? Yeah. Okay. Man, the Patriot was on last weekend. I just can't, it keeps playing in my head. Yep. About how I don't know if it's some of that uh, cinematic conditioning where they're trying to get people... Fired up? Yeah. So Yeah, it keeps popping up on Netflix and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And it always seems to be at the good parts where he's like stealing the dogs. Melting the... the just, melting the little toy soldier into bullets. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah... Um, I want to jump in, in the clip, too, because some of the context of this is just really off the wall. Let's hear more of this. Mm. We hadn't ordered enough vaccine for every American. Just weeks in office, we did. The week before I took office on January 20th of this year, over 25,000 Americans died that week from COVID-19. Last week, that grim weekly toll was down 70%. And then three months before I took office, our economy was faltering, creating just 50,000 jobs a month. We're now averaging 700,000 new jobs a month Wrong. in the past three months. Mm. This progress is real. But while America is much better shape than it was seven months ago when I took office, mm. I need to tell you a second fact. We're in the tough stretch and it could last for a while. Highly contagious Delta variant that I began to warn America about back in July spread late summer like it did in other countries before us. While the vaccines provide strong protection for the vaccinated, we read about and hear about and we see the stories of hospitalized people, people on their deathbeds among the unvaccinated over the past few weeks. Mm. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. 
and it's caused by the fact that despite America having unprecedented and successful vaccination program, despite the fact that for almost five months, free vaccines have been available in 80,000 different locations. Free vaccines? We still have nearly 80 million Americans who have failed to get the shot. And to make matters worse, there are elected officials actively working to undermine the fight against COVID-19. Instead of encouraging people to get vaccinated and mask up, they're ordering mobile morgues for the unvaccinated dying from COVID in their communities. Wait, what? This is... Have they, has anybody seen any of these mobile morgues? Is it something from like RoboCop? I don't know. I got that. Was, that was, clip was approximately two minutes. He blamed Trump four times, right, without saying his name, and lied five. No, I'm sorry, six. Everything from this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated to conservative governors going against the science, which is a, a flat out lie. To Refrigeration trucks, Shouldn't, which that's so 2019. Yeah, right. You got to get over that one, Joe. The, what the, science? Bring out the FEMA yeah. coffins. What science at all? What science? Can you, can anybody factually differentiate between regular COVID versus Delta, Lambda, Epsilon, Mu, Nu, Xi, Omicron, Pi, Rho, Sigma, Tall, Upsilon, Bi, Chi, Omega, whatever? Yeah, it is so time consuming and expensive to actually pick out like which variant it is like you're, you're not doing the nose swab and like oh it's delta no you have to it's lambda it goes to labs they even have tests for yeah. that yeah and so basically they're just saying that anybody that's got gotten sick with a fucking cold it's yeah. the delta it's obviously the delta variant well. yeah so you get the vaccine and you get covid again so explain that it's complete Yes, it's uh, yeah, Big Pharma. We all know that CDC is really just a subsidiary of uh, Big Pharma, yes. and that's a, that's a reality. We all know Dr. Fauci is the worst doctor in human history, and uh, really, I wouldn't let my kids get a will check with Dr. Fauci. No, um, you can check my reflexes. This this is it is the biggest. I'd let him check my like, reflexes, but I'd kick him in the face. It's incredibly sad. What it's done is divide. It's divided our country worse than it's ever been in yes. our uh, in our lives. I mean, there there is no there is no science. The science is pretty simple. You don't really die from COVID, uh, and if anybody does, I mean, there's generally underlying conditions around that. I mean, that's it. And um, God bless anybody that is uh, lost somebody to uh, COVID, but uh, the, the statistics, I mean, the facts are is that you're not dying from it. You're seeing like big pharma, more or less like a racketeering enterprise that is coming in and trying to, it's profit over the people versus educating the people on how to be safe. I mean, why wasn't HC, HCQ or ivermectin talked about previously? I mean, HCQ essentially is the cure um, for COVID and it treats it at the same time. So uh, let's let's be real here. And you're keeping people that are inside uh, their houses. You're seeing more uh, mental health yes. problems than you've ever seen before. I met with uh, some mental health professionals yesterday, and they they flat out said they've seen that 300% increase in like the number of um, appointments that they've had because people are they're about to lose their mind yeah. just because of everything that they're seeing. Whether you see like a murder hornet or whatever, an asteroid, a, I don't know. I mean, 
anything, anything imaginable to scare people into getting this. If you have to literally use taxpayer funds to convince somebody to get a vaccine, there's a serious issue right there. Or donuts. And or when you think tickets. about you think about California as an yeah. example, I mean, uh, there they did no bid contracting, no bid contracting for your tech companies yep. to be able to track a vaccination total. So you think about Vaccine Cloud with uh, Salesforce as an example. What that module is implemented there? They import data from the uh, World Health Organization and the CDC, so they know which employees are vaccinated and which ones aren't. And it's uh, clear that's a Fourth Amendment violation right yep. there. So uh, you you think about these tech oligarchies that are uh, making a ton, and we have people that are not making a lot at all. Yeah. We're making a killing. I just don't understand, like, all the people that are so into the vaccines, the masks, and all... all Go- govern all, me harder, daddy. Govern me harder, daddy. <laughs> they're basically... Oh! They're just completely ignoring anything that is like science related and fact-based it's like so if you're vaccinated and i'm taking this from you know things that we've seen in the the break room at walmart if you're vaccinated you don't have to have six foot distance right right and if you're vaccinated you can show your vaccine card to go into a hospital or go into some sort of medical facility but if you're not vaccinated you have to go in and show a negative test right now, this one hits home for me. My mother's currently not doing well. She's in a facility right now. And I was just talking about how idiotic it is that I have to go show a negative test. Yeah. But any Yahoo off the street, if they got a photo of their Vax card on their phone, can just walk in. So, so Knowing what that they could still carry it just like you. Exactly. So what happened? I go. I'm supposed to see my mom. I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. She's in this new facility. She's upset. Not doing well. Mm-hmm. They cancel my appointment. I'm riding my motorcycle. Phone rings. I pull over. I get on it. Oh, yeah. We had a guest that came in. And it was They were COVID positive. And I'm like, okay. So, well, yeah. Now everybody here has to get tested. So it's probably going to be a couple of weeks before you can visit your mom. What? I'm like, fantastic. So, obviously, it wasn't a unvaccinated guest because all those people have a negative COVID test before they can walk in the door. Right. It doesn't make sense. And the people that are so gung-ho about this, they just won't They won't admit that that doesn't make sense. Like, the we're so scientific. We believe in science, but they don't believe in anything that even resembles science. Right. They believe in feelings and fucking unicorns. Read the back of a box, all right? It says that the masks do not protect against COVID-19. No. Like, it... Literally says it on the back of the box. Or not, Read for, not for medical purposes. And I get so, the I get the spit angle. I'll be I'll be the you know <laughs> X factor X factor on this. Like I understand like you know spit in somebody's face or whatever sneezing and stuff like that. But you show me one fucking person that sneezes into their mask. No, not gonna do it. No. Pull it down in my elbow yeah. in my elbow like a goddamn adult does. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is this is one thing. So if you comply to this, what is the next thing that they're going to do? I'm telling you. Exactly. At the beginning of COVID-19, I, I looked on Amazon just just for grins to look at hazmat suits. Okay. Well, there were about three brands that were available, and roughly, I mean, 
$1,500, now you can find a hazmat suit for like $20. Yep. So what China. are we going to start doing? Blinging up uh, hazmat suits and uh, start, is that going to, are you going to start seeing people walking around like that? Oh, I've I like the sprinkler, the hazmat. sprinkler irrigation cubes with plastic that people are walking around the grocery store with like rubber gloves sticking exactly. out of them. It's, it's idiotic. It's all so you being discriminated against seeing your mom as an example, which is discrimination. We can get constitutional on that as well. But you're seeing like a reversal of the Civil Rights Act, yes. like literally. I mean, are we going to have segregated grocery stores for vaccinated, unvaccinated? Are we going to have segregated uh, stores for Democrat and Republican? Um, or are we going to work together for a cause bigger than any one of us as uh, a combined unit to make the world a better place? And that is that's what we're missing across the board. You're seeing these hyperpartisan shots. And that's what George Washington did warn of. He warned of the dangers of hyperpartisanship. Yep. Um, his his inauguration address and his uh, uh, when he was leaving office, his farewell address. I mean, di inclusion, diversity, all of that was incorporated into those um, addresses. And you think about how uh, America is today. I mean, John Adams warned against political evil. I mean, that's that's factual, and that's what we're seeing. You see these COVID bills. I was 100% with the Representative Massey mm -hmm. before the CARES Act came out because, look, the CARES Act was one of the mm -hmm. worst pieces of legislation ever, ever I've ever seen. And it was literally a legalized money laundering effort. Mm -hmm. It didn't help anybody. How was like a one $1,200 check going to help anybody? <laughs> How many people that were um, well, dead new TV for actually one. received the checks? Right. I mean, there, there are roughly $2.1 billion uh, and just wasted money to uh, people that had passed away. They could have been used in other uh, forms. But why are we paying for the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama? Why right. are we uh, paying for election reform in Belarus? Why are we doing a lot of things that are in these bills? But why are we paying a thousand? Why, why did we pay the United States House of Representatives or the legislative branch of the government a million dollars for them to learn how to tell a work and or proxy vote um that is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen so we're paying these incompetent people a uh, million dollars to learn how to just work from home while everybody else is trying to figure it out okay yeah they just made us figure it out yeah yeah i mean that's we could go on and on and on about this but the that's what you're seeing in your school board meetings. You're, getting, you're seeing people that are rising up. They're learning more about the Constitution. They're reading the Federalist Papers. They're understanding uh, more about the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights are resolute, of course. Yes. And mo most people don't understand. I mean, when James Madison, uh, along with others, uh, you have Alexander Hamilton, mm -hmm. John Jay, everybody else. But uh, you think about the Bill of Rights. I mean, there were things that were incorporated from the Magna Carta that yep. uh, were uh, put into the Bill of Rights. So that it's amazing how people in the summer of 1787 were able to get more things done without twitter facebook um google internet lights uh cars or anything than we can today yeah. congress is a train wreck Absolute we have an illegitimately elected president um right now and uh, he, he's making it pretty obvious so when you think about national security interests well, look at Joe Biden. He's probably the biggest national security threat um, in America, unfortunately. And uh, that's that's just a reality of it is his reckless actions are um, you think about these executive orders that are yes. all unconstitutional. All of them. All of them are unconstitutional. There's not one constitutional executive order that he's done. 
So the only thing that somebody can do is fundamentally understand how to flank these executive orders via the 10th Amendment and start using the Constitution as the guide. The Constitution has been the guide in the past, should be in the present, and most certainly should be in the future. You cannot have elected officials, I don't care if it's federal, state, or local level, that they take an oath of office, they should remember that oath, um, and under, if they don't understand what the Bill of Rights are, don't run for office. Yeah. I mean, right. period. This is, this is not about you. This is not a pedestal for self-promotion for yourself. It is 100% about the people. And look, when you, I've had many carrots dangled at me, and I've said zero to all of them because it was always about the people. And that is what we need in America today are leaders that are willing to stand up for America doing the right things for the right reasons for the American populace. And right now, um, we don't have that. It's selfish ambition versus selfless ambition, and we need a servant leadership badly right yeah, now. We certainly do. Um, and that's definitely something we're not getting. Yeah. You know, you have an empty suit who can read off a teleprompter right now being directed by staffs made up overwhelmingly of millennials. Mm. who were all just junior staffers at the time when the people who were probably calling the shots now, the Rices, the Holders, the Brennans, the Carries, the Clintons, the Obamas, you know, working behind the scenes to just kind of burn it down as fast as they can. There, There's a lot of spite and backlash for not only the last four years, but where the next couple years are probably going right now. And I think they're just trying to desensitize, disorient and you know you talked about the bill of rights constitution the federal papers and all those things separate what america is now um the younger especially more absorbent generations away from anything to do with that like it either never existed or you know for your safety means more than those things that our country is actually built upon we're gonna save you so good right save you like you've never been saved before Even if you don't need saving, we're going to save you. Might save you twice. We're going to save you more if you don't want to be saved. Actually, there's boosters coming, so it's more than twice. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. No. And I'm just, like, alluding to what you said. You made some really excellent points. It's just, you know, we are literally, as a nation, as a government, all the way down to, like, our family units in the fight for our lives right now. You know, you can't think that all of these houses, even if you come from a traditional God-centered nuclear family that both of those people who are heads of the households ideals line up and then you start to get that disconnect and it's like you're you're trying to break it down at the ground level you know how many people who don't want to get this vaccine maybe have their spouse say oh just get it i got it nothing's wrong with me you know and our kids are going to get it and, and that kind of starts to tear it all the way down at the lowest level and then we're talking about how bad it is up at government level you're breaking it on both ends right well now. then you have the people that you're friends with who've gotten it and like well nothing bad happened to me and then they just they're making a joke about it like oh just get it it's gonna be fine get this one it's it's the least risky the least risky how about no risk <laughs> yeah lowest risk like of the death. like like the no risk of me dying from covid because i'm healthy and fairly young ish we've all had it yeah and i already had it maybe twice or more yeah. Can you please explain to me how Benjamin Franklin was roughly 84 years old um, when the Constitution was signed and how he did? He was perfectly fine without any vaccines. I mean, I wonder if Dr. Fauci has an answer to something like that. 
when you think about George Mason, Benjamin Franklin, some of the older members uh, that were part of our founding uh, group of uh, uh, patriots in Philadelphia during that time in history. But uh, when you think about our younger populace, I mean, you're seeing the curriculum has changed. Yes. Like, we're not talking about civics. We're, we're talking about things that don't really make a lot of sense at all. And they're, they're, div they're divisive. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging time right now for our young people. And we're seeing government, they're preying on a vulnerable populace. It's impossible for anyone to say that America is not vulnerable in any way, shape, or form because right. the American people, they are. Um, Joe Biden can say 700,000 jobs or whatever he said, but that is, that's, not that's not true. I mean, you have corporations that have EEOC requirements that are factually have to put jobs out yes. that may not even exist. So you have a lot of people that are battling for uh, their lives right now. And uh, that's where we need each other more than ever. Uh, we need people to step up and help each other out. We need people to have the humility to look somebody else in the eye and uh, and help 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 those people. And it does not matter if you're Democrat or Republican. I mean, we're all Americans at the yes. end of the day, and it's about taking care of each other. And um, I mean, I'm not going to go up and ask somebody, "Hey, are you a Democrat or a Republican?" That's going to determine whether or not I help you or right. not. No, you just do it. Kindness costs nothing, and has a 100% ROI. Uh, we're, we're just missing the basic components of it. And we, we got to reinforce those values. And a lot of times you see your current politicians today, they're, they're motivated by money. Money is the root of all evil. I mean, it really is. Um, it's good to be able to buy things, but I'd rather give more back than um, take in return just because uh, you know that people need it right now. And it's the little things in life mean a lot. I mean, we need more thank yous. We need more hellos. We need more just random acts of kindness without, uh, without asking. And that's what people are looking for, like holding a door open for somebody, the simple things. And uh, I think that's, that's misogynistic how you now. People and get them fired up. How dare you, bigot? You hold the yeah, door open I held, for me. You hold the door open for a girl now. She's going to say you're a misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, I still do that. I'm like, I, I really thought nothing of it, but okay. Now you just got to grunt at people, kind of like <sighs> Abdul. <laughs> Abdul. We'll get into that later. But we, we need to get back to some basements right now. Let's kind of wrap up yesterday's Ugh. yeah, debacle and some more of his comments. Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free safe and convenient the vaccine is fda approval mm -mm. over 200 million americans have gotten at least one shot we've been patient but our patience is wearing thin mm. and your refusal has cost all of us so please do the right thing but just don't take it from me me listen to the voices of unvaccinated americans who are lying in hospital beds taking their final breath saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. No. Oh if my gosh. That's a, that's a bad one. That's a pretty ugly one. Oh mm. my God. He's horrible. His patience is running thin. Whoever wrote that on the teleprompter. His speechwriters are, are absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. They just, they just don't care. They're, they're some of the most. 
Maybe they're just doing Mad Libs. Yeah. Do you think it says in parentheses, like, next to the word, lean in and whisper? Mm, no, I don't think they like it when he does that. I think they stop stop leaning in and whispering. I don't think I have it, but that's how he ended his press conference yesterday. Get vaccinated. And then he just walked off. Yeah. It's While so, people were acting, asking if it was constitutional. Well, he doesn't care about that. No. Remember, what, what did he say? The, the, the cons- this is not about your freedom? No, in his um, State of the Union, the Constitution oh. is it, just an objective document or something like that. It's not non-binding. It's a non-binding document. Or no amendment is absolute. Yeah. Or whatever it was. From, from the greatest hits. All right, let's keep this rolling. Oh, what a garbage fire. Leaders and their unions. And all school officials trying to do the right thing by our children. I'll always be on your side. Hmm? Let me be blunt. My plan also takes on elected officials and states that are undermining you and these life-saving actions. Right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Talk about bullying in schools. If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. The Department of Education has already begun to take legal action against states undermining protection that local school officials have ordered. Any teacher or school official whose pay is withheld for doing the right thing, we will have that pay restored by the federal government 100%. I promise you, I will have your back. I mean, he just takes everything out of context. He tries to spin it like... Governors who have had more open states, he's namely talking about Abbott and DeSantis, yeah. and have yeah. battled with the school unions, not banning masks or forcing vaccinations, but making it a parent's choice. Right. All, all the governors in these states have fought for was for the school districts to allow the parents, if the parents are fine with sending their kids to school unmasked. There's not really any science behind wearing the masks. Especially as a child. It's definitely not healthy at a child that age. They're so... Dirty and poor hygiene, sweaty. I mean, I went to an event at my kid's school. I got a kid in first and a kid in fourth. 80% of the kids had the mask either under their nose or under their chin. 100% of the kids couldn't stop touching them, snapping them on their face and just rubbing them. And, you know, they do absolutely nothing except probably make them more susceptible to getting sick from other stuff besides COVID because it doesn't really, number one, affect children that bad, caring, spreading and having well even Fauci was talking about that initially when they were saying not to wear the mask right because you're it's gonna make you touch your face even more and it's like that 100% made sense well and after 15 minutes they're they're they become extremely unhygienic yeah so and people just don't have the resources to be constantly changing them out like that especially children even the n95 masks like I mean because I've used them for you know drywall and they're all one, sorts of stuff. Essentially, it's like, they're one use and go. Yeah, I used to work at a warehouse, and it was like concrete and dust and shit like that. And it's like, yeah. But it even says, like, after an hour, it doesn't really work anymore because it's all inundated with all moisture. the debris and moisture, and it's just useless. Yeah. So there was there was that one, which was his patience is running thin. That was and, mine. And said, if, if the governors... Hours. <laughs> yeah, who, if the governors who have so far, according to him, defied him, continued to do so, he'll use his power, and I'm quoting now, to remove them. I don't know what that means. 
Is that a thing? He, he cannot. He literally cannot do that. No. That is why the revolution happened. Yes. To move a tyrant like <laughs> King George out of America. That is why America was founded, because that is exactly what King George wanted. Are we really going to go back to having something like that? You got to be crazy. The Department of Education is useless anyway. Yes, they are. So seeing them sue anybody, that's actually the most funny thing on planet Earth. I'd love to debate anybody that actually thinks the Department of Education is useful. They're not. You think Randy so Weingarten knows state, what she's talking about? I mean, that's why there's the Tenth Amendment. That's why there is the United States Constitution. It is a binding document. You take an oath of office. If you are taking an oath of office to protect, uphold, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, aren't you committing to upholding the Constitution of the United States of America? So, yes, you're seeing attorney generals like Paxton using mm -hmm. the Tenth Amendment all the time to um, stop unconstitutional legislation that's being uh, signed at the at the executive uh, level of government. And I mean, winning. If, if you do not do that, the Constitution is the most powerful litigious document in existence. And we need people to be educated and use it and not be scared, seriously. Yeah. From enemies, foreign, and domestic. There you go. I like Literally. it. Got one more of these from yesterday. Oh, I can't wait. Hopefully it's a shorty. Mm. <laughs> And even Fox News. Mm -mm. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. My plan will extend the vaccination requirements that I previously issued in the healthcare field. Already, I've announced We'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing home workers who treat patients on Medicare and Medicaid because I have that federal authority. It's a little late for that. Tonight, I'm using that same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home health care facilities, Disney. So? Disney? Yeah. Home. Well, no, he was talking about the uh, media companies. That was oh. a retread of the beginning. Um, he, he was talking about... Uh, all of the different places that these would be implemented. And then he did go on to include schools. And as we know, major facets of the federal government expanding on the military one from two weeks ago. How about new? Yeah. How about, sorry. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting though. One of the groups, one of the fed organizations who originally said no, um, was the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. And it, it was announced. You don't want to piss them off. No. It's in the name. Postal. Right. With a workforce of nearing 700,000 employees, top to bottom, it was announced shortly thereafter that this mandate, when he said all facets of the federal government, for some reason doesn't include them. They have an enormous right. union. How about the White House staff? Do they have to get vaccinated? Undisclosed. Undisclosed. Is there a picture of Fauci getting vaccinated? I don't remember. Mm. Nope. You think he is vaccinated? No. No, I don't think he is either. Yeah. He wouldn't answer it when they had him up there trying to get the numbers when they had the CDC, the NIH, and one of the other ones, and they were trying to get, you know, he's like, a low ball number is like 45%, but probably close to the 60. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much better looking at your face when you did it. So, okay, so is there a blood test to, like, verify that somebody's vaccinated? Is, like, Can you, like, can we I test it? probably feel the spike proteins through there. No, but like, I mean, is there some way we can verify people are vaccinated? That'd be great. You know, 
That reminds me, um, I know somebody who was traveling um, between Canada and the US and I forgot how the story went, but they could they could tell how if a person was vaccinated or not mm. once they walked through this machine. No, I'm not joking. That's a scare tactic. Inf- that's Vaxo- some bullshit. Vaxometer? The Vaxo 5000? No, I don't know what it is, but if there's like, I'm, I mean, if there's like graphene oxide in there it's or whatever Canadian. the hell. You, you got to remember, countries thing. without real constitutions like Canada. That's like the metal detectors that don't work at the... <laughs> yeah. They always beep. Yeah. No, I mean, just, but just imagine just like a bunch of goons in a minivan just roll up and just grab Fauci and draw some blood and be like, hey, he's not vaccinated. Guess well, what? <laughs> I kind of have three ways anyway. that this was. So what were you saying now? They're saying that people traveling in between the U.S. and Canada, they might be able to detect on whether or not they've been jabbed. Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah, so she she said, I mean, she explained it, but I don't know. I forgot all the details, but she said that there's a way in Canada that they could find out if you were vaccinated or not because they caught people that were lying and they, they could tell. I feel, I feel like that's a scare tactic. Like maybe they can, you're bogus. Like you, you get injected and he, you know, who has been vaccinated and who hasn't, whether you can be tracked or not. uh, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole on that, but uh, that's where the whole gain of function things comes into play. And think about what was the real intent behind it. uh, And, and this pandemic, I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. And, um, I'm pretty sure they they must have something, some way to tell, obviously. And who knows? I mean, this whole thing is just nefarious all around. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is a way to, to, if you walk through some sort of scanner where they could tell. Yeah. You literally, we've literally gotten to the point to where the president of the United States air quoting now and rolling my eyes at the same time (laughs) gave it, gave an address. I wouldn't even call it prime time since it was Uh two o'clock in the afternoon when it came on here threatening to inject you with an experimental unapproved vaccine for your safety. That's that's kind of where we're at. I've seen several shows like that, including that one that was on Amazon last year. What was it? Utopia or something. It was pretty good, actually. It was all about a vaccine and a virus that was created. Oh, yeah. Spread through children. Um, yeah, it, pretty interesting show. A lot of cinematic conditioning going on there. Yeah, except this one doesn't spread through children. So there was three ways that this was addressed from the conservative side of the aisle, like that even exists anymore. Mm. Um, Ronald McDaniel, who still will not acknowledge that Donald Trump is a person, uh, (laughs) said that the Republicans are going to do what they do best. Fire up the lawyers, write some mean letters, and send them to the office of the president. So she announced yesterday that once this thing is initiated, dates are given, and there's actually structure to it, not just words. The Republicans will sue the federal government on behalf of its unconstitutionality. She said when Joe Biden told Americans he was elected, he said he would not impose vaccine mandates. He lied. Now small business, small businesses, workers, and families across the country will pay the price, she said in a statement um, reading from Just the News. Like many Americans, I'm pro-vaccine, anti-mandate. Many small businesses and workers do not have the money or legal resources to fight Biden's unconstitutional actions and authoritarian decrees, but when his decrees go into effect, the RNC will sue the administration and protect their liberties. So, I mean, that's what they do best. Mean letters, lots of lawyers. Um, Pro-vaccine that doesn't work makes a lot of sense, let me tell you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can still get COVID, but hey, get the vaccine anyway. May get some AirPods or be part of a vaccine lottery. I don't know. We're going to protect. Weren't they giving away guns? Yeah, no. Probably. We're going to protect the vaccinated workforce by employing more vaccinated workers who can still get and transmit COVID. Hey, we're all going to, it's for your safety. Listen, I said there was three ways. Safety me harder, daddy. Right? The Republicans did their thing. Angry letters. Big Dick Ron DeSantis. (laughs) So the six pillars leaked online early in the morning. I mean, I guess some of the news agencies were reporting and speculating. They know, especially like Joe Biden. Right. What was going to be said in the speech? Uh, I watched a lot of news yesterday on several different channels. The tone of what the actual address was was not what was reported in the media. Uh, Even like CNN were just saying, you know, this is going to be a lot of the same rhetoric, blah, blah, blah. He just issued something. It's like Vaxxer tested every week now, like two weeks ago. So what more can he do? Well, he, he definitely did that. But, you know, Ron did a breakfast event yesterday down in sunny Florida and uh, had some things to say about being called out for being a governor who supposedly goes not in accordance with the president. Let's hear what he had to say about it. At the end of the day, my philosophy is, as governor, my job is to protect your individual freedom. My job is not to protect corporate freedom. That is not what I'm here for. I mean, we have a good business climate, we have everything, but this idea that businesses can just do whatever they want and invade your privacy and doing all that, Mm. no, I'm not signing up for that. I'm signing up for protecting your freedom and making sure we have a society in Florida where people can make the best decisions for themselves um, and for their families. And that's what we're doing by protecting against these mandates um, and making sure that that's done based on what people uh, believe is best for them and their families, but not something that's imposed either by government or in some respects, in some instances, by very, very powerful uh, private entities. So there you go, you kind of clap back prior to the clap. Um, There was rumors going around yesterday, not confirmed, but not debunked. That prior to the address, oh, and just so you know, Noah, on the whitehouse.gov page, it was like 400 likes, almost 7,000 dislikes before it started, and the likes were disabled. The dislikes were disabled? The likes and dislikes. Oh, everything. Dis- you couldn't click on it. You would click on it, it would it would populate one extra number, and then immediately go back. They turned it off, so you couldn't do Because I went and tried to, like, you know, video game, freaking smash the button. But now, it, well, yeah, but even even off. those actual likes and dislikes, like that, they don't tabulate like that. You get one per right. your IP address or whatever it is, four hundred and something to seven k. So that's a legitimate before the speech started. That's not just like a bunch of Republicans like doing 80, the doing the buttons. Votes. Yeah, um, eighty million votes. But there were some there were some rumors going around yesterday that cyber aspects of DHS, cover me harder, daddy, the FBI, and the Secret Service. We're going to be monitoring online activity. I thought I don't know. I didn't know we did that like that. Oh, are we doing that now? Is that the? We've always done it. Oh, um, for extremist content and activated people during the Biden address. Activated eyes. So, like I already joked about, instead of being a prime time address like most normal presidents would do, he did it during lunchtime on the West Coast. So all of the kids, especially the millennials, they were probably still sleeping. <laughs> Joe Biden doubled down today. Uh, after Jill was able to find him, 
he he found like a mural at this school they were at um to go admire. He thought they were real butterflies. He tried to chase them. They weren't. <laughs> um he doubled down on uh some of the stuff he said yesterday when asked from the press. They they weren't gonna let him get away at, at a speaking event like this. So as soon as he got up there, they all started yelling and screaming at him. Um and and, and kind of alluded to some of the things and retouched on crouchingly what he said yesterday. Have at it. Look. One clap. I am so um senile disappointed. Oh. In that us. uh particularly some of uh, Republican governors have been so cavalier with the health of these kids. Mm-hmm. So cavalier with the health of their communities. This is this is we're playing for real here. This isn't a game. For keeps? And I don't know of any scientist out there in this field that doesn't think it makes considerable sense. I know a couple. To We've do interviewed the six half a dozen I've of suggested. them. And uh, well, he doesn't uh, know. But him. you know, it's a. Uh, let me conclude with this. I. Okay. One of the lessons. Huh? I hope our students can unlearn is that politics doesn't have to be this way. Politics doesn't have to be this way. Sniffing, sniffing They're kids? growing up in an environment where they see it's like a like a war, like a bitter feud. If the if the Democrat says right, everybody says left. If Democrats says left, they say right. I mean, it's not how we are. It's not who we are as a nation, and it's not how we beat every other crisis in our history. We got to come together. Shut and I think the vast majority. Look at the polling data. Shut your the down. vast majority of the American shut, people shut, know shut, we shut, have to do these things. I'm glad he brought up those polling numbers because before his address yesterday... I like how he said, if a Democrat says this, everybody says no. His numbers dipped below <laughs> didn't say Republican. 40% for the first time, which means they're probably well below that. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. So it was pretty interesting to see. A lot of people are saying that this is backlash slash distraction from the across-the-board bad press he got for the Afghanistan debacle, which I believe partially is true. This is all also feeding into that huge globalist one world agenda, whatever narrative right now. He's shifting the media to this now. Yes. That's convenient. So I did say there was three ways. We had the RNC. Uh We had Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Um, Trump tweeted. (laughs) Well, put out an office from the desk of where I used to tweet from <laughs> and said uh, this just came out now he doesn't care about you or your freedoms he just cares about the there's an emoji for a virus and a vaccine for 80 million Americans the last time I checked we live in a all caps free country so yeah kind of uh, wait so he was saying that 80 million people haven't been vaccinated? Yes. So yeah. wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't the 80 million people that voted for him, wouldn't they all get vaccinated because they're on the team that he's Well, yeah, he's on? A, he did say over 200 million people have received almost one vaccine. I don't believe that at all. No way. No way. Yeah, that seems high. I mean, you could probably count all the dead people uh, from New York, New Jersey. warehouses with, Connecticut. with this shit that nobody wants. It's like. You should see how much stuff is at my kid's school district, all those tests. 
It what? was like at the district office, the tests. Yeah. They send everybody home now. Like somebody farts in in any school <laughs> and they get sent home. Literally. Then you can oh, smell diarrhea. The that, yeah, that's that's a symptom. Yeah. Gone. Don't Whole class gone. Teacher week vacation. Back to Zoom in her fucking pajamas. Those teachers don't want to work at all. Teachers union is the mafia, and these teachers are just like off the teat. I can attest. I was in the teachers union. Teachers, they look ridiculous for nearly twenty years. I would not let this like what like the way just by the way they look, they look weird and dangerous. It's just insane. They lost their minds. Yeah, the the school. When you think about contact tracing, yes. Your kid randomly was supposedly around somebody. Then what? You got to quarantine your kid for like ten days. Yeah, I mean, ten days. What my, you, my, they sent they sent an email home with my daughter last Friday, after she had been able to go to school on. They sent the email on Saturday. She went to school on Friday. They said in the email there was an exposure Thursday. So, we tested her. We sent her back on Monday, and then they're like, "Oh no, we're just gonna you know, we're gonna quarantine the classroom till the thirteenth of of September now." Why her test was negative? Crazy. You know? And then you know, I you you start making a stink. I'm like, okay, technically, if you guys are going to be doing this shit every time someone like breathes the wrong way or clears their throat, I was like, her brother's in first grade, so he's allowed to go to school. Why isn't? So do you want me to go tell his teacher that you're sending my daughter home because she was exposed to somebody with COVID, even though her test is negative? So his whole class has to go home for a week too. They have to live. Well, yeah, that's actually what they do want. Well. It's just a, it's a domino effect that doesn't make any sense. The fact of the matter is, though, that's not what they're doing. So there is no like they're they're contact tracing for a specific event, but then they're not seeing. Okay, do any of these kids have siblings? Because all of those is supposedly if this was a thing, the most deadliest thing in the history of things ever. Everyone oh, yeah. dying, refrigeration trucks, Amazon body bags, all the things that people speculate. That's not happening anywhere. Mister Garrison. Oh, thank you. Scissor me timbers. My whole. Son's whole class. It's all about money. Though. Yeah, it's all about money. Money, it's money, a funny money. Aspect. Yep, hundred percent. It's the it's the funding aspect when you think about these public schools and you think about property taxes. Yes. Just think about the state of Texas as an example. Property values in the state of Texas are way overly inflated right now. They, oh, yeah. they are, um, and you look at certain variables in the market, and you can tell that we're we're at a precipice there. As well. So, what happens if something goes south, which it probably will? um, And you're still having to pay these inflated property taxes for school districts that are complicit in breaking the law, in like the state of Texas or Florida, where they're they're trying to stop this type of recklessness from happening, and it's uh, and it's still happening. And uh, what are we doing? Is it okay to break the law? Are we teaching our kids it's okay to break the law if we're breaking the governor's law? Um, by violating like a mask mandate or something like that, because you're seeing superintendents talk about being cavalier that are self-imposing mask uh, mandates. that They have no authority to actually do that. So they're really, (laughs) it's a tyrannical type of uh, school boards that you're seeing today that are just there. They think they're above the rule of law and uh, they're exposing our children to much more than just being in a mask all day, but to content that is not, uh, it's not well suited for their, uh, that age group as well. Yeah. So, um. Well, it's, it's pretty interesting to say that, you know, you're starting to talk about where some of this narrative and literature and culture is coming from. One of the godfathers of it all, this whole fucking disaster, Dr. Fauci mm. was kind of exposed a little bit this week. 
through some FOIA requests that were made by the government because several of them, including Rand Paul, has been accusing him of lying the entire time. And I love Rand Paul. Yeah, and saying that he has several receipts in regards to that lying. Um, and as we can all remember, we made memes about it and posted the audio. We broke it down on our show. Dr. Fauci said in his testimony before a Senate Judiciary Committee uh, investigating whether or not the U.S. funded gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Fauci claimed that the NIH, which he's the director of, or Lord, as some put it, mm-hmm. um, has not done and has never done or funded gain of, fun- gain of function research at that institute. Um, however, and like I just mentioned, through a FOIA request, evidence that the NIH issued a, I'm quoting now, bat coronavirus grant. Oh. Probably one of the ones his wife signed. Um, to a group called the Eco Health Alliance for $3.1 million, including almost 600000 of that to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, used in part to identify whether they could alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans. Um, yeah, I mean, it goes on. It's kind of long-winded. But, uh, you know, everybody that's listening to this show, for the most part, has pretty much heard that through that FOIA request, they've been unable to unearth a lot of documents talking about some of the specific kind of tests. There was the ones where they have, like, the rats, the fetal tissue sewn to their foreheads, and they're trying to see what the effects of giving them these viruses that they supposedly weren't doing but were doing and were fully funded by the U.S. government via Dr. Fauci going on in China in a place that's fully controlled by the CCP which probably led to this whole disaster right now that we're going through. Don't even get me started on the shit they were doing to dogs. Yeah. What an asshole. So, I, I saw mean, pictures of that, like just dogs with like their heads in like bags of like sand fleas and right. shit. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they were so drugged that they can't move. They just have to kind of sit there and take it. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about, I mean, we all knew it, but now we're finally actually starting to get the uh, real literature here that kind of ties. There are a lot of calls. We're going to get to some Rand Paul calls for him to step down and uh, possibly be charged for lying to Congress. We all know, a la Hillary Clinton, that that doesn't always happen. Um, And although she's probably killed a lot of people in her day, Mm. the blood of a lot more are on Anthony Fauci's hands right now. Anthony Fauci should be charged with genocide Mm. and crimes against humanity. There's no ifs, ands, buts, maybes, or what ifs about it. What he did with Barack Obama and Joe Biden was the most reckless thing in human history um, by uh, by starting this. And it's you got into it. You started going down that path. When you think about gene modification, as an example, uh, Rand Paul will talk about that gain of function. A lot of people don't understand exactly what that means and. I don't want to scare anybody, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. But there are certain things that people can do when you start editing um, genes, like yeah. the, the mRNA type of vaccines. And um, it's it's been a travesty. And uh, Dr. Fauci not only lied to Congress, he lied to the United States of America. You think about the number of times he talked about, hey, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Hey, rules for me, uh, they're different for you. I mean, if Dr. Fauci, if it was anybody else right now, that guy would already be in prison. He'd be on a deserted island in the Pacific yeah. somewhere. He, he'd be somewhere else. But that man, 
I, I pray for every American that actually listened to that guy because he he really was a main catalyst that destroyed the country yep. for selfish reasons. Well, if you're still listening to him, you got problems. People listen to him worldwide. It's 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 bad. He's pure evil. It is. It is bad when you when you dig into the weeds. Uh, it's it's very bad, and there are a lot of people that won't go down that path because it's hard for people to believe, but it's, it's really true. And when you think about the money involved, it's always about the money. And that's why I'm telling you, when you think about politics, most politicians, they get, they will take a carrot at one point or another, and they don't have the moral courage to say no and uh, to do the right thing for the people. And that is, that is, why most people can't stand politicians but now you're making laws that are absolutely ridiculous mm -hmm. and the people are more self-aware than the, today than they were in the past and ideally you'll see more people that uh, become a lot more awake hopefully now like today uh because they need to be because you've been lied to pretty much your entire life and um, it, it's a hard pill to swallow, but I'd swallow the right pill and get on the right page uh, pretty quick. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I was literally just thinking red pill events when you right before you said that. And I think between Afghanistan and that address yesterday, combined with some of the stuff we're starting to figure out about what's really going on behind the scenes with these um, scientists and doctors, it's pretty disturbing stuff. Well, even if you're okay with vaccines and you got the vaccine, like you have to draw the line at people's individual liberties and freedoms. Like, if you're a or do reasonable you? person, hmm. which we're not dealing with a lot of those now, unfortunately. We're so dealing so with, residents of Portland are probably out. Yeah. We're dealing with a uh, freaking Antifa school teacher. Right. And, and salute the gay pride flag. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they both got fired. You know who's trying to get Dr. Fauci probably fired? Probably a GoFundMe to get them paid more than they would have made in a year anyway. Rand Paul. Trying to uh, initiate some boomer sweats. I believe he jumped on Sean Hannity's show. Boomer sweats. Yeah, to kind of continue to get those people in the hopefully wake-up mode. All the parents and grandparents out there who like to sit on their couch and watch those shows every night. Um, it's good to hear Rand Paul go on there every once in a while and shake Shake him. it up. Yeah, let's hear what he had to say. Us that they they have another set of funding that's going to last from 2020 to 2025, but uh, just in August I passed a, a unanimous amendment to stop it. But you know, Dr. Fauci's been asked about this. Senator Kennedy asked him in committee, "Do you trust the scientists?" And he said, "That's where the viruses are. We have to, and we have to keep investing there." But what if it leaked? And what if they didn't help us with a leak? And what if it originated? They knew it all along and failed to tell us. Would we still not? Would Dr. Fauci not reassess his trust of the Chinese communists in their lab? The intercept documents also showed that this came out of a Biosafety 3 lab, which is a lab that nobody believes is secure enough to be dealing with these deadly pathogens. And yes, they were taking viruses that were not as transmissible to humans. They were adding S proteins, which is how the, the virus attaches to the cell from bat viruses out of a cave. And lo and behold, they created viruses that are not found in nature that were more transmissible than what they started. The very definition of gain of function. And you've never heard one of the journalists that gets to interview Dr. Fauci, you've never heard one of them ask, why is it not gain of function? He just says, oh, it isn't. Why is it not gain of function? The viruses are more transmissible to human. Why is it not gain of function? Good point. So I like the 
that's where the viruses are. We have to keep paying them. That's like that sounds like ransomware more than anything. They got yeah. the viruses. What well, if we don't, if we stop if we stop paying them, they're gonna let them loose. Or some of their engineers are just gonna take it home and spread it all over the freaking world. Take your work home with you. Eighty million votes. Eighty million votes. Get vaccinated. Doctor Fauci, that guy. I mean, look, there's a 1995 LA Times article with. Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Joe Biden, uh, they talk about Wuhan. They've known this yep. has been happening for a long time ago, um, for, for a very long time. And this is not new. When you think about the World Economic Forum, you think uh, about, what, 2015. I mean, they were planning this. Yes. So you have your world leaders that were planning this. Why does Google have such a significant AstraZeneca investment <laughs> into Google? DARPA, Google, um, AstraZeneca investment. I mean, that's the reality of it. Why is the uh, the former DARPA director building a mind control like chip that somebody uh, can eat? I mean, that that was in 2015. We're talking about today in current state America, and you're seeing your big businesses. They have a vested interest into these organizations, so they don't care because they're making money. So you're seeing an oligarchy at the top level within an organization, and you're seeing essentially slaves being paid nothing, being forced to do this to keep their jobs, which is sad that it's gotten like that. But that is how corporate America has been for um, a while. And you think about Blackstone, I can go, I can go forever on uh, this, but Dr. Fauci should be in handcuffs and gone, like, immediately right now. That's what I would be thinking. Yeah, I wonder I if that'll ever happen. <sighs> Not under this I'm, residency. I'm surprised the guy's still alive. Like, some, that somebody hasn't got, a, like, a hold of him, you know, in passing. Well, he's probably not vaccinated, so he's probably safe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I do wonder if it's the actual actors, good actors, bad actors, you know, or is it is it real villain super villain stuff like that for reals i don't he's like a shitty super villain i know but does he walk out of the nih every day like down the steps to to his he goes into the stairwell and (laughs) rubs his his hands together to his lincoln town car (laughs) yeah and does he drive himself home and not have security at his house or wherever he lives oh no he's got to have like round the clock Armed security. Oh yeah. Okay, so super villain. I saw that guy. Yeah. Well, no, he's he's his security is, doesn't have guns. They have uh, vaccine shots, oh. and that keeps everybody away. Or, or maybe actual viruses. Yeah. So. <sighs> you mentioned the RNC though, too. I mean, you have complicit bad actors on both sides. Of oh, course. Yeah. And that's that's the reality of it. And I'm sorry. That's a for people to say, but I mean that that is it. So uh, when people take campaign donation from XYZ person and you're not going to say something or you're going to, it's going to be all lip service to tell your constituents and you're not really telling them the truth. And uh, that is, that's, it's utterly ridiculous what we're seeing right now, federal, state and local level is that people um, will uh, compromise their integrity for short-term gain. And they, they don't think about and and long-term money game i mean the long game is the hardest game to play yes and only the very best uh, can do it and uh, leadership takes courage and you have to be vigilant in fighting for our uh, republic and uh, ideally ideally we'll be on the right path moving forward i mean i know what i would do uh, personally if 
know, it'd be a lot different than what is going on right now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty much all in the agreement, all three of us as hosts that, I mean, it, it, it's a uniparty and then a few people who are trying to change it up, hold the line at least until some more people whose only interest isn't lining their pockets and doing the exact opposite of what they campaign on. It's just so sad when you see some of these, like, really the biggest baddies are like Nancy Pelosi and Lindsey Graham and the never ending story turtle, Mitch McConnell, like <laughs> Chuck Schumer and Jerry, like those are the, those are the best of the best of the bad guys. You know, it's like, they're all pathetic people like Skeletor looking. I mean, I know they all come from creepy, gross cabal families with ties to big pharma and the media and big oil, stuff like that. And the actual mafia. But at the same time, it's just like, gosh, can't you even roll out something that looks a little bit better or scarier or anything? When is the last time Nancy Pelosi's been to the 12th district in California oh, to see her own constituency? What, she they ran just out announced ice- this last time she, that- Last time she got her hair done. Last time she ran out of ice cream. Yeah. So what? They're paying people $300 a month now not to shoot people yes. in San Francisco. And, whoa, you get an extra $200 bonus. Is it working? You get a job if you don't shoot anybody in San Francisco. Oh. That what? is uh, what they are doing to try to drive down the violence in Nancy Pelosi's congressional district. I don't shoot so, anybody in my neighborhood. Can I get some money? Uh, I, I, that's what I'm talking about. So you get these little handouts like that, and uh, people will will do all sorts of things. But you think about the highest cost of living uh, place in the country. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous what's going on with uh, these a lot of these politicians and we could talk in circles. We could have a 24 hour talkathon sure could. Uh, to talk about the utter sheer ridiculousness of what we're seeing in America. And um, people are very good at talking, but they're not very good at actually doing anything right now. So I don't care if you run for Congress. I don't care if you run for president. I don't care if you run for United States Senate. If you not, aren't at a local school board meeting, if you aren't engaged in your trying to fix what is going on in your constituency, maybe yes. you shouldn't be in Congress. Maybe you shouldn't run for Senate. Maybe you should be engaged with the people. Mm-hmm. What makes you think you're any better than anybody else? I don't need a red carpet. I don't need a, I don't need all this ridiculous uh, stuff to, to roll out for me. I mean, it's engaging with the people. Yes. You learn a lot more from the people. People have underestimated the brain power of the constituency for a long time. And um, it has to stop immediately in America and, Okay, it's going to be. I mean, for me, a big part of it is I think they've loaded to sleep. You know, I walked away from a lot of stuff over the course of coronavirus and all the lockdowns and stuff. You know, I was definitely in the know doing research, definitely into a whole bunch of stuff. In addition to always being a fan of politics and government, all the different stuff that goes on there. But sports for me, played it since I was a child. Coached it for almost 20 years, okay? When I saw it started to get all woke, we all know what, you know, everything that's woke turns to shit, right? So I walked away. I don't plan on probably ever going back. I I enjoy watching my kids play it, but as far as the professional levels go, it's all trash to me. I was happy I was never into it, so didn't lose anything. But the thing is, I see everybody right now, you have a lifetime's worth of stuff happened in the last year. Like, Things that they'll write novels and history books just fill them up in the, just in the last year. 
and football season starting, and that's all I see social media. Oh yeah, football starting. Oh yeah, Tom Brady. Oh yeah, it's almost baseball playoffs. Oh yeah, no, it was like when people started taking pictures of their food again instead of you know like talking about like the inherent problems with our society and yeah, politics. That, that press conference yesterday is something that will be referred to forever in yeah. this country. Oh yeah. Whether one way or the other, it's not going to age well. No, but it will always be referenced. My kids' kids will see that video, guaranteed. And then there's people like literally in the and same. They're gonna day, be like, "Man, people were freaking stupid back then." They and he ends up by this. saying, "Get faxed," walks off, takes no questions. The person watching literally flicks the channel up two stations, and then they're watching the football game. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's the, the those minds. That as soon as they start to get open, well, they let's be honest, people, super people didn't watch that. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, maybe just a thumbs down it. Yeah, is the guy that's telling you to get vaxxed that hasn't even been to the Texas border? Exactly. That that is complete hypocrisy, and uh, that's not being a leader at all. How can you be a president of the United States and just leave the borders open like that? No mandates for those people either. And they're getting it is. Wait, are the the Afghans? They're getting ivermectin. The Afghans. Anybody else getting ivermectin? They're getting ivermectin, right? And no, but like, well, the people coming across the southwest border, they don't have to disclose their vaccination status and aren't forced to get it before they're released into the interior of the country. Remember, only swing states, major cities. Or they don't have to disclose anything about the vaccine. Yeah, you know, even for the ones that are guaranteed. Wait, the vaccines are free, right? Unlimited. Well. Everybody pays for something. Yeah, but no, but like the vaccines are free. That's like their thing, right? Like the vaccines are free. Have you noticed how the inflation rate in our taxes no, 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 no. have gone up this yeah, year? Yeah, but so give it to these people that are coming in, or would they not want it? How dare you? Yeah. Well, it's starting in October. They have rights. Applying for, um, you know, citizenship or their green card here in America, they have to get the vaccine. I find that hard to believe, given the fact no. that they've taken all of the criminal history stuff out of the legal permanent resident application that they're going to force them to get a vaccination. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen. It's like, or it'll be a checkbox that they can just be like, yes, I am. Well, it's just like, get the vaccination. No, go home. No. Okay. (laughs) Here's your driver's license and voter registration. Check and mate. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are they going to do? It's actually a requirement, but they do have um, exemptions for them. I was on the USCIS website. Well, so they have, they have exemptions. Yep. I want an exemption. There are no exemptions for us. Mm. What does it say? No, it says that any um, anybody applying for um, adjustment of status or uh, visas, um, you know, like if somebody's you know got married to like a European you know national that wants to come here to America, they all have to after after September they have to um, get the vaccine, and if not, if they don't want to, they have the exemption. I tell you what. Person who's in charge of that overall agency right now used to be the head of CIS, and he is a really big criminal. Ooh. Committed a lot of immigration fraud, pay for play visas. Ask Hillary Clinton's brother and Governor Murphy's soccer team. Marcus. Yeah, his mother, who was a Cuban refugee, believe it or not, now he doesn't let Cuban refugees in. So. That's awkward. Yeah, it's just it's it's amazing. I mean, technically she was Romanian, but. Came from Cuba. Right, went to Cuba after she escaped communism she there. Float, float over on a Buick? <laughs> Something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's funny that his his recently deceased mother technically was a Cuban refugee. She came over on a flotation device 
And now he de- he denies Cuban refugees from coming into the United States. Makes no sense. Uh, you can't make this shit up. Can we find a Romanian Cuban refugee? No. She's dead. No, but can we find another one? There's got to be one. You know who's not, according to Joe Biden? Anthony Fauci and his job. Because it's been asked in the past, does the president feel like firing him? Jen Psaki was asked again yesterday, right before his press conference, and she's sticking to her guns. Said in July, we were closer than ever to declaring independence from COVID-19. We heard from Dr. Fauci. He said the U.S. doesn't have modestly good control over the virus. Uh, Was the president overconfident in July? Well, I think what we've said from the beginning here, and you all have covered, is that this is an evolving virus, a smart virus that has uh, produced additional variants, variants that have been uh, incredibly... um, uh, that can spread like very quickly, yeah. like the Delta variant. Uh, but there are other variants, of the course. The Ligma variant. Uh, when we announced the mass mandate, for example, in May, only 1% of cases were the Delta variant. So obviously, uh, information uh, data evolves, uh, and the steps we need to take to address, to get the uh, virus under control, to help people return to normal, has to evolve as well. But did that give Americans a false sense? I mean, the title of the speech was celebrating Independence Day and independence from COVID-19. The president said we gained the upper hand against the virus in also July. Was that premature? Well, the reason we're here is because people have not gotten vaccinated, 80 million of them. Oh. Uh, not because of any other reason, not because of a speech, not because of CDC guidance, uh, not because of... Uh, any other reason. And so what our objective is from the federal government is to continue to take bold and ambitious steps to get more people vaccinated and protect. And to listen to Dr. Fauci, essentially. I, I just want to know, I want somebody to, like, explain to me how, if you're vaccinated, somebody who's not vaccinated can affect you, is a threat to you. Jeremy, you want to weigh in on this? how they're a threat yes. somebody that's vaccinated or not right now i mean look there are reports that are stating that uh, people that unfortunately that have been vaccinated are can are more more, more susceptible yeah spread it harder exactly. they can they're they're super spreaders yeah. themselves and, and i hate saying that uh because there were people that were coerced into getting that vaccine but yeah. what do you think grandpa was talking about with gain of function this is a smart virus that is exactly what Rand Paul is referencing, because when you start editing genes, gene modification within the vaccine, that's when you can start doing a lot of. Um, well, especially things. a leaky vaccine too, a leaky vaccine that's not doing its intended purpose. And it's moving around your entire body. And when you think uh, there are, uh, they're biological, we're using things that we have against ourselves, against the American populace. That's the easiest way to say it. Uh, Like we're targeting people um, in certain areas. And I don't like saying it like that, but it's. Well, you have to sometimes. It's that's the reality of it. When you think about weapons of war and um, biological weapons, I mean, when you think of a gain of function type of virus and you're putting that into somebody, um, you can essentially use what was intended for somebody else on your own country and your own citizens. So you're seeing mortality rates that can be targeted in certain areas um, just because. Yeah. And that's where you're seeing people that are getting scared with the smart virus that is coming out. That's just, this is why this is the most inhumane thing I have ever seen. I could never promote anything like this. It was never FDA approved. 
do they have to do? Buy an FDA approval? You're having school board superintendents tell people it's FDA approved when it's emergency youth authorization is completely different than being approved. Why should you have to, if you work for a federal agency, or why should you have to get it? Why should you have to get it working for any private entity as well? You shouldn't have to. It's an emergency use authorization type of thing. And I've used this reference before, and it sounds crazy, but uh, I mean, you think about like a human and say you had like a 1% chance of getting cancer, okay? Would you give somebody preventative chemo um, just to make sure that you were 100% sure not to get cancer? Probably not. And that's a crazy analogy, but when people think about something like that, they're like, whoa, that actually makes sense in a, um, in, a, in a way, but why would you do this? You have no guarantee that anybody's ever going to get COVID. The statistics show that most people don't get COVID and most people don't pass away right. from COVID. So why would you ever even take this? If Dr. Fauci wants to know the cure, just take every single brand of vaccine and just take three jabs, jab them all. And uh, then you'll probably there's people that have. I don't know. I yeah, know there's probably has. You know, and it's pretty shame. You, you mentioned the. Uh, it's like the suicide slushy. Right. The emergency authorization and stuff like that. You know, we've had so many people in the military reach out to us and, and show us literally like they will they will take the picture off of the CDC website that shows the labels of the four vaccines um, and what the emergency use authorization labels on the vaccines look like of the four different jabs. Yeah. And then they will show us videos as most recent as yesterday. They're getting those labeled bottles as the mandated vaccine. Um, I actually had a few guys yesterday from an undisclosed base say they made a big stink about it. There was a large number of them. And when additional people went to get their vaccines, they had removed all the labels from the bottle. So no one could kind of determine on whether or not they were the emergency youth authorization jabs and not the ones that are supposedly FDA approved. I don't think the FDA approved one is even exists yet because the the way, yeah, the way that I, the way that I understood it was the FDA approval is for, I keep butchering the name, comernity or whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck, which basically still has to go through all the FDA approval Mm -hmm. stuff. So that one's not even going to be available to the public for years. a couple of years. So by that rationale, they're saying that the FDA-approved one is the exact same uh, recipe. Formula. Formula. Yeah, they're interchangeable, too. They're interchangeable. However, because there's so much of the old vaccines available, they're going to burn through those first mm-hmm. while they're waiting for the other shit to be approved or whatever. So... The first two, like the third stage of clinical trial is usually one that takes the longest. Yeah, and the first two is going to be at least two years. It's a completely disingenuous FDA approval. Mm -hmm. The FDA approved a name, Mm -hmm. like that's a like that's a trademark, that's a patent, that's it. It's not a fucking FDA approval that they're not issuing right. And speaking to anybody who's in the military or anybody who's getting forced to get the vaccine, I personally, if I was in that position. I would say, all right, well, you show me the bottle that says the name of the FDA-approved thing, and then I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. But until you show me that, kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Or eat a dick, you e- pick. Either or. It's not going to happen. It's at well, the same time. Or wear your mask that it actually says that does not work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> be kind of hard Man, to eat yeah, just, just do that, just for the heck of it. Get that mask on forever. Yeah, right. Well, I think we might as well try to lighten up the mood a little bit. 
Now, I'm no huge fan of Fox News or Greg Gutfeld, but he was able to land Donald Trump interview this week kind of bigly. Mm. Didn't hate it. I was kind of wondering how it was going to go, and it was pretty interesting. So they, they let the live studio audience watch the interview, so therefore it sounds like an 80s sitcom. Whenever Donald Trump says something funny, instead of us laughing, you'll hear his studio audience laughing at the jokes. Nice. And, uh, you know. That's a good format, though. I like that. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it's like a rally, but with better sound. And, uh, you know, Greg Gutfeld kind of stayed on script of, of his character, kind of nerdy, goofy, cut him off, but not like Dan Ball from Newsmax, who... It was all sweaty. Greg kind of played the role like, a little bit better. Not like Wallace's debates? No, not at all. Mr. President. <laughs> Mr. President. Um, they started uh, talking about Afghanistan, one of Noah's favorite subjects, when yep. Trump talks about it, because he always refers to his longtime friend. Abdul. And then we're going to hear parts of that right now. Mm-hmm. But that's the man. Yes. And he's now the head of the Taliban, and right. he was the head of the Taliban when I dealt with him. And I started it off very tough because, you know, you're going to pay tremendous consequences. I don't have to go the level of toughness, but it was bad. And they understood what I said. And there was no way they were going to do anything to us. We could have taken our time. We could have taken a year, two years. But to leave $85 billion worth of equipment, mm-hmm. for them to fly around Apache helicopters, so... This is the greatest war machine outside of the submarine. This is the greatest war machine there is, the Apache. Right. They're very, very, you know, tens of millions of dollars. They have 28 of them. Yes. That's more than any other country in the world has except for us. I can't even. So, I mean, kind of got into it there. Um, talked about it a little bit more. It's a lot of Apaches. Yeah. I think the word he was looking for was versatile, but he kind of segued right to the dollar amount. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's really what people understand. Kind of staying on the same thread of Abdul. Still talking Abdul. about Abdul. Talking about the Tally Rose. Let's hear what he had to say. I spoke to him by phone. I said, nice to speak to you by phone, Abdul. And he goes, <laughs> you know, they're ferocious people. Right. These, you know, like you go to Broadway shows, they fight. They yeah. like to fight. They've been fighting for about a thousand years. How we I got hate Broadway. It? By the way, I say that what you do. I like it, actually. Made him laugh. Uh, you know, it's very interesting. And I've been saying it for a long time. Our country, the worst decision ever made was going into the quicksand, which is called the Middle East. Right. Nice. Two trillion dollars and millions of lives, because I like to count both sides, okay? Right, right. Millions of lives, and the place has been obliterated. Mm -hmm. And it's more dangerous now, if you think about it. I had them in check. I wiped out ISIS. You know who I took out? I Mm -hmm. took out the leaders, the biggest people, bigger than anybody. Nobody even believes what I did. And in a few months, it can all be dissipated. Which is kind of a true story. We've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. Jeremy, what do you think about the whole Afghan debacle? Before I let you get into it, just as we were kind of going through that first part, the British commander who was in charge of the entire operation that was still existing in Afghanistan over the last hour put out a statement that Joe Biden has stamped himself officially as the worst president in the history of the United States after his handling of Afghanistan. So on that note... That guy's not going to get kicked out of the military, is he? Probably not. That's uh, just our military. Yeah, what do you think about everything that went down with the... Uh, we haven't been able to, to nail down a 
retreat, surrender, transfer of power, mm-hmm. you name it. If it's terrible, that's what it was. What do you think uh, about that? First of all, we shouldn't even be in Afghanistan to begin with, Truth. if you want to talk about 9-11. Um, but it's been a complete disaster. You have somebody that was in Gitmo that got let out by Barack Obama that is sitting in a chair that's running Afghanistan. I mean, how on planet Earth did this even happen in the first place? Um it's this is where you take a step back and you you just got to ask yourself like why would you do this to uh to people and you why would you leave americans behind why would you prioritize other people uh besides american people and i listen to trump's words and i'm glad he has a great friendship with abdul um but <laughs> what is a long-range plan? And if you were president today, Mr. Trump, what would you do to fix this right now? Right. That'd probably be a question I would ask. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. And I think he has alluded to recently by saying we, we might have to go back to get our stuff. I mean, that's one of the big hang-ups that he has, just the way everything um, has been left. Uh, prisoner, he was the U.S. dessert, and then he went to the Taliban. Bergdahl? Yeah, so four of those people, in addition to one of the FBI's terrorist watch list, and mm. he's number four most wanted, yeah. are now all parts of the functional Afghani Taliban government. So that's five total. <clears throat> um, Awful. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. In the last 24 hours, the current occupying administration has told the American, told the American public that they've lost their patience with them <laughs> and they won't stand for it anymore. Segwaying, in the same 24 hours, has referred to the Taliban and their new government as complete business professionals. Oh. <laughs> I'm not joking you. That was Jen Psaki yesterday. So, yeah, it's one of those things. It looks like the first sacrificial lamb is coming up, as we touched, touched on Afghanistan a little bit. Tony Blinken, most punchable face in the administration right now. We've all agreed on it. So punchable. He weighs about 90 pounds. If you see him, you just want to give him a wedgie and put him in a locker. He's that guy, like, with the avocado at Whole Foods, a little no chin. So, exactly. Um, He is going to be before some some Senate hearings soon. And uh, I'm I'm pretty sure his non-answers will lead to him being a resignation. So he's going to be the first sacrificial lamb in this. Well, technically second. Yeah. Chipman yesterday mm-hmm. was denied access to Thank our goodness. guns. That right? guy was a fucking fruit loop. I enjoy my guns so much, and I would really hate if I would have to lose in a boating accident. If I already can't. lost mine just in case. Yeah. So he, He's going to be in front of some Senate hearings too uh, soon. I mean, wasn't Dr. Fauci in front of the Senate hearings, and miraculously he's okay? So what yeah. is really going to be happen? I mean, is it? Is it okay for the American taxpayer to just pay for a whole bunch of um, uh, arms that are just left in Afghanistan after a complete uh, train wreck? I mean, that, that's the problem with the legislative branch of the government. That's the problem with the executive branch of the government. That's the problem with the judicial branch of the government is what are you going to do? What is the long-range plan? What are you do, going to do to put the right people in the right positions to do the right things in order to get anything done? Because these senators – Sorry, they talk in circles all the time. What are they going to do to fix the issues now? And that's what the American people are um, looking for and or any competent human being presently. Yeah, no, that's that's 100% truth. And going back to get our stuff, it's already too late. 
Like unless yeah, you unless you immediately were sending drone strikes to blow up the freaking Humvee parking lot and the Apaches and this that and the other. Oh, they're thing, all over the place, including that, different countries. It, yeah, it's already been all of our pilfered, not allies. And now you have a lot of those Chinese IT experts who've been in there on behalf of the CCP since before we even got out. Now they're yeah. starting to actually physically reverse move. engineer and everything. Well, no, they're permanently moving into Bagram Air Force Base. And oh, they yeah. want to make it one of their own now. Oh, good. Yeah, using our facilities. That's going to be good. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, last thing I want to touch on with Afghanistan, it was proposed yesterday in the House. Um, Joe Biden sent to kind of have them debate over it. $6.5 billion to resettle 100,000 unscreened, untested, and unvetted Afghani refugees in major cities and swing states. Breaking it down numbers-wise, that's 67,000 per refugee. So you're saying none of them went to San Francisco? Probably not. Um, But, yeah, that's the dollar amount that's going to be given to proposed. I'm going to go out on a long run and say it's probably going to wind up being more. Uh, And free health care and stuff like that. Automatic LPR ship. So it's one of those things where, you know, we're going to be getting a lot of new voters in in the pool here soon between the uh, over 2 million that have already crossed the southern border this year and the over 100,000 that have come in. Yeah, Um, and let's not fool ourselves into thinking that that's not an entire demographic of people who basically will be able to be threatened, not by us, but by the other side, just by saying, well, if you don't vote against this guy, you're going to get deported. Or you're not going to get your free money. Yeah. So Or free health care, which is even more expensive um trump talked about some of the you know tough things about being the president and then compared several of the tough nations he had to deal with with a kind of little trump spin to it i thought this part was pretty interesting listen to this one mr president could i ask you one question what's the toughest who was the toughest to deal with it was it china could it be putin in russia what about north korea kim jong-un I said, well, the toughest actually was the United States, dealing with these maniacs that we have over here, with Pelosi and Schumer and all of them. That was probably the toughest, far tougher than a lot of world leaders. And isn't that a shame when you think about it? Isn't it a shame? Well, there was a there's a lot of irrational. There was an irrational response to you. And I and I, I mean, I lost friends when I would defend you. But you also gained friends. Yeah, you gained friends. I I didn't listen to. my family members who were voting for you yeah. at, during the time, and I ha- and I had friends who were voting for you, but I didn't listen. And then when I when I turned and started listening, then I lost all of my other friends. He's talking about did Juan it Williams. bother you to like see friends that you've had lose these friends because you became president and they didn't like what you were doing, or they be- became emotionally and irrationally kind of unhinged? Trump, so, Trump delusional. Sure, right. Trump... Uh, derangement syndrome. They, they call him a lot of things, but derangement yeah. syndrome seems... And there is something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And yeah. why would they do that? We rebuilt the military. We took care of everything. We came up, whether you say vaccines or yeah. helping people medically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right to try, where they were able to try somebody dying. Yeah. And we have drugs that might work, yeah, and you couldn't use them. None and, of that mattered, because they were. A, it was an emotional response. Yeah, taxes, by the yeah. way. Regulations, the largest tax cut in history, largest regulation cut by far in history. Yeah. You know, all records. But why, why, did, why did people respond emotionally 
to you rather than rationally. It must be my personality. <laughs> That's what I think. I mean, we did a great job. I rebuilt the military. Yes. All that beautiful stuff, that brand new stuff. And you know who has it now? Yeah. Huh? The yeah. Taliban. Taliban. I built it for Abdul. the Taliban. Exactly. It wasn't surprising. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty good one. And you know he wasn't going to let Big Tech off the hook, and we're going to get to that in a minute. I just always have to give our one disclaimer. We don't give Donald Trump the overall free pass. You know, his first 18 months in office were awful. Yeah. All those old Chris Christie hires and all the people that were manipulating him, besides the fact that Paul Ryan and all those other rhinos were working behind the scenes, but shaking his hand and smiling in public when they were taking pictures together. You know, it was it was really the last two years that was kind of, a really strong, what I expected and hoped for, um, you know, presidency in regards to a lot of the policy changes, regulations, the way he kind of brought peace to certain areas of the world, whether it was all money-backed and based on trade and travel, which is fine as long as they weren't overtly killing each other as much as they were. And, you know, things with, with North Korea and, and kind of how he really took it to China's wallet, energy independence, things like that. The southern border, I mean, living in San Diego – and being completely naive to the situation in the real world. Mm -hmm. It's a lot different the last couple months. Uh, I'll tell you what, definitely a lot of, uh, you know, Catholic and Jewish services that have filled up with new residents who all seem to be uh, not of this country. So, you know, it's just interesting to see how, uh, you know, things have changed. And, and sometimes you take for granted maybe how good they were and how fast they're gone. Um, you got to give it to Trump, though. Like, like he's sharp. Like, yeah. he's able to actually carry on a conversation, put thoughts together. I mean, he repeats <laughs> himself a lot but his, his rally and sensationalizes. Bad. But can you imagine freaking Joey Basements? No. Even having an open, scripted, like, well, you, no, open... You, you saw when he did the town hall forum on the vaccine. Oh, my and God. And he starts talking to Don Lemon or Anderson Cooper, and he's like, you know, you got the vaccine with the man on the moon, and then, like, the mom and the dad who tell their kid the thing, and, you know... You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> He's like, what? Do you mean the vaccine? Right. Yeah, he literally had to lead him. So, yeah, it's it's that sad and bad. Um, but but there was one, you know, thing he needed to do, I think, before he got out of that interview, and he definitely did. He talked about uh, some of his friends in big tech. Mark Lizardberg. Lizardberg. The cyborg himself. Yeah. Zuckerbox. How he used to come around the White House and uh, do a thing. I don't know if you heard this one. A thing? It's a good one. A class action suit. Anybody wants to join, please join. Feel, <laughs> feel free. But we're suing them. And I think it's a great lawsuit. These people are sick. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Zuckerberg used to come. You know, the lock boxes, which I call the unlock boxes, because they unlock. Mm -hmm. So the unlock boxes all over the place. But he used to come to the White House to kiss my ass. And I'd say, oh, that's nice. I have the head of, I have the head of Facebook coming with his lovely wife. And they'd come and they'd have dinner with me in the White House. And then you see what they do about me and about Republicans. And it's just sort of crazy. But that's the way the world works. Uh, when you... So he, apparently, he was probably planting listening devices or some shit. On his ass when he kissed it? Because that's what he said he came to the White House I mean, to do. wherever. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I mean, I give it overall... Probably like a 6.7 out of 10 on the Trump speech. Slash rally scale, but, you know, wasn't terrible. Jeremy, did you hear any of it over the last couple of days? I've heard it, but, I mean, I've heard a lot of the same Trump things. Yeah, like you, he, you he's, he's stumping he when he goes. 
a lot. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg's real name is Jacob Greenberg, and yep. he's a grandson of David Rockefeller. So let's just start uh, facts versus fiction. We all know fake, uh, Facebook is a dark a life law. Yes. Mark Zuckerberg is a complete uh, fraud, and that is the reality of it. And uh, you, you think about who was behind this entire thing. I mean – Look, it is a social engineering tool that is used to manipulate people's uh, thoughts and ideas to believe uh, whatever it is. And that's the thing is that people have not been told the truth for a very long time. And look, if I, if I was president of the United States, I would not say kiss my ass as an example. I just wouldn't say it. Right. It's just a temperament thing for somebody like me. And when you think about America right now, America – they don't care about that type of rhetoric. They care about genuine, authentic leaders that are there to get things done for the people. They don't care about this. I did this. I did this. No, it wasn't. I did anything. It was we did everything together. And that is that's the difference. That That is a, a Trump issue that I have. I mean, you could talk about the same thing over and over again. But what is actually going to happen? I mean, that is the reality of it. What would happen if you were reinserted into office? Would it be incredibly divisive and chaotic? Maybe. I mean, I think of somebody like General Flynn who tells it how it is. And uh, man, me and you are. That's how I am. We are linked up I mean, today because I've been thinking about how to segue this in there. I've watched two different shows that General Flynn has been on in the last 24 hours, and people have really been badgering him about rumors going around that him and Donald Trump have talked about possible running mate. Um, I know it's come up here and there, like over the last year or so, but like in the last 24 hours, I saw him on two different shows. One was Stu Peters, and then I can't remember the other one. You know, and General Flynn was in both cases, he's like, you know, the president right now really needs to focus on getting ready to announce things, being prepared to do things. We're about to get into Stop the Steal now as we wind up our, you know, Trump on Greg Gutfield segment. And, uh, I just think it's really interesting. We, we've been slow dragging this Maricopa County audit for a month now, at least. Yeah, when is the come on? So we're we're gonna we're gonna ask you because we ask everybody that comes on. We usually have two polls that we conduct. We've already we're about to do this one, then we'll get to the other one later because there is some Steve Bannon in there. I I did think real quick segue and off of and circling back to what you said. Uh, I, it's pretty cool that he waited for. He had to throw in these people are sick in the same time he talked about Zuckerberg. And then, you know, you obviously elude our audience to some of his uh, family ties. And I just think it's it's a nice little correlation there that, that he kind of waited for that calm to, uh, you know, come through uh, when he's talking about the lizard one. Lizardberg. Right. So what do you think about election? Rigged and stolen, crime of the century, Stolen diamonds. There's no question that it was uh, that it was stolen. I mean, yeah. there's no ifs, ands, buts, maybes, or whatevs about it. And I mean, look, I I was a poll watcher, right? And when I walked in to see what I saw in uh, Williamson County, Texas, it, it was I flat out said, "I'm not going to pull some partisan ridiculousness. It's going to be what's right uh, versus what's wrong." And what I saw was just in the ballot boardroom, they, well, you're like, what? I mean, it just, it didn't make any sense. You had dead 
a dead person ballot box. You had every possible thing. You had the Democratic Party chair on her phone inside of a room that she wasn't supposed to have her phone right. on. You had uh, people that they weren't even checking. They, they didn't even know. There was nobody of legal authority there to determine whether or not a vote should count. I mean, there were people that voted twice in like less than an hour. I mean, that, that literally happened. Um, I sat with another, uh, the Republican Party chair. And first of all, Williamson County was one of the people that took the Zuckerberg dollars. Yep. And I, every time I've ever spoken, like at a commissioner's court or wherever, I've always, um, I, I try to leave a message within the message. And I, I told them that the Zuckerberg dollars were going to, it was going to bite them. And that's exactly what uh, happened. I mean, it violated Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, period. You cannot take funds from an outside entity in order to dictate the outcome of an, an election. And that's exactly uh, what happened. And Bill Klein's done a good job highlighting that and um, other folks as well, Seth Keschel. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, that is the fundamental core reality that you are buying it. You think the Time article threw them under the bus even worse. Right. Um, that came out. Yeah, and we've referenced that article saw, so many times. What I saw there, it, it was you. It, you wonder how long has this been happening? Because uh, look, I have, I have seen machine data. I've I've learned more about voting machine organizations than I ever thought I would in my entire life. And you see the quid pro quos uh, behind the scenes on that. I'll never forget the day when I uh, when I magically found the United States Senate article from uh, an executive session hearing on July 15th, 2019, where it flat out says in the middle of that uh, hearing, it says 2018 was just a uh, warm up, was just a dress rehearsal for the big show in 2020, literally admitting that the election was stolen, that there was foreign interference, that there were already issues. I know what the roll call numbers were. There were 93 US senators that were present. There were seven that weren't. We talked about Mr. Paul. Mr. Yep. Paul was one of the people that was not there that day, but that was on election security. So every single person knew that there was something wrong in this election. It did not matter if it was ESNS, Hart, uh, Dominion. So what Sidney Powell, Lynn, and everybody else were doing, I mean, they were they were right, but nobody wanted to really do anything about it because what? If they're all complicit, what are they really going to do? They want to admit it. I mean, that, that's the that's it. So you see political grandstanding at the expense of the people yep. that it's to the point where you sit back and you're like, why would you even run for office? What is the point of running for office if there's a predetermined outcome? for it. So it's not waiting till 2022. It's not no. waiting till 2024. What are we going to do? Band-aid the problem with a whole bunch of rallies and a whole bunch of hoopla until 2024? No, that's not going to work. We're going to see massive civil unrest yes. if we don't correct uh, the issue now. And that's where we, we have to see leadership stepping up at a, at a level that's going to Look, you've got to mitigate the risk of any type of violence in your community, and it does not matter if it's Democrat, Republican, unaffiliated. Most people are unaffiliated. They don't even know what they are now. Right. No, you're, um, you're right. So, I, I mean, I could go on forever. It, it, was, it was stolen. It was rigged. I mean, we all saw it. I mean, the numbers just magically changed themselves at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, so we, we have to correct that issue if we ever want to move forward. But – uh, you see these audits dragging out yeah. and people understandably are starting to question that. So yeah. it's like, what do you say to people at that point when they start questioning the audits? 
Is there any type of agenda behind that? Is there any type of money that's uh, being uh, passed around behind the scenes to make sure that the audit results never come out? What happens when the audit, say the say Maricopa dropped today and it, it's fraud. I mean, you saw Liz Harrington, uh, we talked to, there, there was definitely at Mike Lindell's symposium. Yes. There, there were some issues, all right? But is Congress really going to do anything about that? Maybe that they'll try to discredit it. Yeah. I think this goes so, back. This goes back to one of the things you were touching on in the beginning. How you know the federal government really can't do anything when it comes to state rights. At the end of the day, I do think, just in my opinion, when this comes out, you're going to have those other two big counties in Arizona immediately start forensic audit there, penal and uh, whatever the other one is. I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, to kind of canvas the rest of the state. That's when these audit results come out and. Wendy Rogers, again, for like the third week in a row was on, I believe, OAN this morning saying we're at like a week and a half or less Um, again. But, you know, we did get some canvas, (laughs) right, some canvas information out this week. Um, I'm reading now from the National File, and and this is via Seth Keschel, who we've been talking to and is going to be joining us on the show a very soon episode to kind of talk about some of this stuff and hopefully break it down for us a little bit more numbers wise, kind of like Bobby Python did a few weeks ago. Um, but an independent canvas of the Maricopa County found around 173,000 votes that were allegedly not recorded in the final results. This does not include 93,000 votes by mail from people who were not at their supposed address by October, 2020. Um, the article kinds to go on kind of goes on, but we have some audio from that disclosure that was on Steve Bannon's war room this week, which takes us to our second poll. Uh, Jeremy, you're more than welcome to participate if you want. We've had a couple guests abstain, but uh, we do a poll if Steve Bannon is Q or not. So I <laughs> I say no. Noah? Nah. Antoinette? No. Mr. Bravo? Steve Bannon is not Q. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing. I, I, yeah. So, so someone has made claims of that nature at some point last year, and at which point we made it into our weekly poll. It, we've had guests. That was the best one yet. Well, I don't know. Right? Nat, Natalie Denise snorted. So it said we were uh, awful because yeah. we just won't let it go, but it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but it was. it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we're kind of waiting for these – results to come down and uh i guess we could listen to some of this audio right now on those canvassings from steve bannon not q on war room from monday tell us about ghost votes you talk about lost votes tell us about ghost votes so steve if someone lived in your basement your attic your garage your guest bedroom i think you'd know about it wouldn't you well, we, we found an estimated 96,389 votes that came out of addresses where the mail-in ballots could not have possibly been cast by the voter that the vote was registered to. And the way we got to this number is that 5.66% of all mail-in voters, and overall there were 1.7, or 1, 1.7 million mail-in voters. And when you take 5.66% of that number, uh, you know, as Seth will confirm, that's how you get the estimate of 96,389 mail-in. And again, we're estimating on the low side. But but so, but, but just walk me, ho, 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 whoa, 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 slow down. Just walk me through the methodology how you got to the that it's that it's not there's nothing there what me because i understand you knocked on the door 
and talk to a person that, that it was registered and some you know half ha- almost half of them or 45 percent were nice enough to say this and a bunch of them said well gosh i actually did vote they didn't record that or it's not recorded not who i voted for but i actually did the fact of voting that's how you imply you impute your 173,000 in maricopa county for the lost votes how did you get to the ghost votes let me give you a great example and this this um this story is in our report essentially we have someone who um lived in a home for for decades and there was um, someone registered to vote at her address that did not live there, okay? And this woman received a mail-in ballot for this person in 2012, 14, 16, 18, and 20. And what did this homeowner do? She took the ballot and she wrote, does not live here, return to sender, and she pushed the ballot back. And that ballot was voted on. Mm. Now, this was not the homeowner, no fault of the homeowner, and no fault of the phantom voter. This vote somehow got entered into the system. In 2020, this homeowner kept the ballot. She didn't write return to sender. And yet the data shows that in 2020, that mail-in ballot was returned when this homeowner still has possession of the ballot. So Steve, my point here is that the phantom voters, it's not a phenomena of 2020. This has been going on for years and years yeah. and years. And then we we were able to learn some of the information that came out of the symposium was that they would use even further back voter rolls, like from 2010, the census, to kind of clean off some of the oldies and throw in some of the newies that they used all the way up through this election. Um, Jeremy, there's there's a ridiculous amount of fraud going on in regards to elections all the way down from like city councils and school boards. Now, obviously at a grand scale of the 2020 presidential election, probably so many different ones before that, but this one, it was pretty bad because it looked like Trump was going to break the matrix again. Um, Just the the numbers. I mean, Seth rattles them off pretty good, but you know, I've been doing it a while myself, the 18 of 19 bellwether States, 43 of 43 bellwether counties, most counties, I think, ever by a president, over 3,000. Um, Joe Biden, the lowest. No one's ever won, and there's such a different equation for all of them, but Iowa, Ohio, Texas, North Carolina, Florida, um, all in the same election and lost the presidency. In addition to 63 million to almost 75 million, It's it just doesn't make any sense when you say those numbers. But 80 million votes and the most popular president ever, even beat Obama times two. Um, how widespread do you think it is, and how long do you think it's been going on for? Uh, it's in it's it's in all fifty states. Yeah, okay? that that's the reality of it. You think of somebody a state like Texas, you can fit two hundred and forty three Rhode Islands in the state of Texas. State of Texas is big, um, and if you want to be fair with the entire American populace, you just can't subjectively just pick certain areas. And right. that's it. That's the, because people know that there have been issues all over America. And if I'm looking at it from a very 17 D view, um, I'm looking at it like what's in the best interest of all Americans, not just a certain uh, subset or group of people. And the, the fraud, it happened, it happened everywhere. I mean, that, that's it. You, that's the reality of it. And it's, uh, it's sad that it got to this uh, point, but I mean, 
it did and it has to get fixed or we don't have any more elections. I mean, that's, that's it. That's an excellent point. I think the guy in the white house right now probably be down with that. No more elections. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of dictatorish. About like how many of these people that are serving on school boards are actually really elected? How many people? Um, you have to think about it from a down ballot standpoint because it, it helps you. It, it just can't be top of the ticket type of stuff. If you are a member of Congress right now and you are not fighting for election integrity right now in this moment in history, I'm calling you complicit right now. And I really don't care what anybody thinks does not matter. 2022 does not matter. What matters is right now for the American people that are tired, they're weary, they're vulnerable, their restlessness is at, we're at a point of, um, of no return for uh, a lot of folks. And we have to do the right thing for America. We need leaders that are willing to do the right thing for America, not your campaign donors. This is not quid pro quo, i.e. America. This is the United States right. of America, and people need to wake up and figure that out immediately. That's why somebody like General Flynn, you listen to General Flynn, he talks about the United States of America. We have a lot similar type of talk tracks in a way because that is what it's all about. It's not Democrat or Republican. It's the United States of America. I mean, yep. that, that's the reality of it. We have a constitutional republic. Are we going to follow the rule of law constitutionally in, um, in, in this country? If not, I mean, we should just let King George come back. Why, why not? King I mean, Joe. Come on. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's the third time now you've been inside my brain. You know, if Noah's ever not here, you can be a co-host Yeah, with me and that because <laughs> I had written down, you were hey. talking about down ballot, and here's the receipt right here, the paper. I had it in my bag, but I forgot to put it in the show notes. You're talking about down ballot. Um, and just in regards to the 2020 election and off of what I could remember from hearing different shows and pundits talk about it, two senators in Georgia, John James in Michigan, and a house seat with Sean Parnell in Pennsylvania. Those are just some of the ones who probably went the other way in addition to the presidency, which would change the entire demographic of the you know, branches of government right now. So it, it's pretty interesting to see you know, at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, okay, let's say the diamonds are returned. The diamonds. But th that, that means there's going to be a lot of little diamonds returned too because you're going to be finding not just it was the presidency, but it was also the House and Senate seats that were affected greatly by this and, and, and all the fraud that went on all over the country. Um, Seth Keschel kind of wrapped up that, Maricopa uh, update, and I want to play just like a, a minute of him talking about it right now. Seth Keschel, you got any summary here as we end the first hour of the show? Yeah, that's why I went over the 12 races in Maricopa County that absolutely, given the numbers that Liz has just put out, can't be certified, and that is not a partisan statement. You know, honestly, if you're talking about lost votes or stolen votes at that magnitude, you're talking about people that also voted for Joe Biden. You're talking about people that voted for Joe Jorgensen, not just Trump support. This is not McSally support. Yeah. It's also Mark Kelly yeah. support. So these yeah. numbers, you know, they're, they're going to try and troubleshoot the statistical accuracy of these. Understand that industry accepted polls often have 500 participants and they give with them a margin yeah. of error, much like this has provided. So these are she has attempted contact with over one half of one percent of total voters in Maricopa County about one two hundred yeah. and already uncovered in raw numbers substantial wrongdoing and fraud. So yeah. how on earth they can certify elections that yeah. tight, six races under one percent beside the presidency blows me away. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, okay, we're going to take a break. We'll bring back Harris and, and, and so Kestrel. Rudy, By the way. Rudy was on with him this morning, and I was listening, and he was saying that, you know, on leading up to January 20th, they had three states. Now, Rudy and Sidney Powell admit a lot of their numbers were wrong, and that's just based off of bad people. You know, they threw it together so fast. I'm sure a lot of the blame falls on people like Jenna Ellis, too. They, they kind of, you know... It was almost like a shock value, but at the same time, it was something that was legitimately going on. Um, but there were thousands of affidavits across the country, um, you know, and, and things like that where people, you know, w- would risk going to jail to talk about what they saw. And it wasn't just Republicans. It's kind of if you weren't in the know or you weren't in, like, the groups in some of these bigger cities like Philadelphia, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, places like that that you just couldn't get anywhere near ballots or counters or tables or voting machines at all on those nights. Um, so I just thought that that was pretty interesting to, uh, you know, how Seth kind of alluded to um, it, not just affecting like the presidency, but this is kind of across the board and, and affected probably everybody's numbers at the end of the day. You, he's 100% right. Yeah. I, I agree with him. On that, you cannot forget about your down ballot seats because you think about what we're seeing in our local school boards, our city councils. I mean, every single elected um, official in America, and it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. This is about our country and doing what's right for the people. If they voted for a Democrat and it was fair, so be it. If they voted for a Republican and it's fair, so be it. Or if they just voted for an American constitutionally. Obstructing ballot access is also unconstitutional. Article 1, Section 2, Clause 2, the United Mm -hmm. States Constitution. That's just another topic that we can discuss at some point. But the reality is it's doing the right thing for the people. Don't lie. We have a media-driven narrative right now that is – it's so messed up that it – people don't know what to believe. And that's that's the reality of it. And um, we (laughs) – we can't forget about the we the people. Why, why do we why do you even talk about we the people if it's not really about we the people? It's about the oligarchy we have in uh, D.C. or it's about an ex a quid pro quo amongst different parties here to get certain people in office. I mean, that, that could be totally the case as well if it's been this bad for an extended period of time, which it has. So uh, it, it's. It's always you follow the money and you can typically find the answer to a lot of things. And that is that's a big issue in politics. If I was someone, I would not donate to anyone right now. Why would you donate? No. I mean, what is your ROI going to be? You get like a bobblehead. You want a Joe Biden bobblehead right now? Are you freaking kidding me? I don't even care if I get Trump hat. Like, who cares? Why would you donate? Donate to somebody that needs it. Help somebody get groceries. Do something for somebody else. Operate with selfless ambition versus selfish ambition and lead by example. Be a leader within your community. And yes, it's walking the narrow path will get you hit with a buzzsaw. I know firsthand, trust me, by both sides. Uh, but you just have to keep on keeping on and never take that carrot, even though it's the easiest way, uh, easiest way to just buy your silence. Uh, but it's, it's really doing the right thing for the people and uh, just living God-given rights in our country. I mean, it, right to vote and everything. I mean, come on. It's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. But we make things a lot harder than what they really have to be. Yeah, you're That's right. Why. 
So we t- we talked about last week how uh, Wisconsin was waiting. We had one of the um, people who were kind of in charge of organizing those audits up there. For one person to flip, it, it turned out to be that he named three people. Speaker Robin Voss up there did wind up getting on board, and uh, she now has, uh, through the Wisconsin Supreme Court, asked state election officials yesterday to ensure that all records related to the election are preserved and to inform him of any destroyed evidence. And that includes tabulation devices, spunk logs, machines, etc. Machines. So now that, now that we're there, it looks like they're kind of ramping up. And we've kind of made the determination on this show. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia have had their toes on the line for months. I mean, it's literally in Georgia, it's a judge saying go. It's Judge Amaro saying go. In Wisconsin, it was one person in the state assembly. We now have the one person in the state assembly. In Pennsylvania, we're going to get into that in just a second. It's kind of been a shit show. You know, Doug Mastriano kind of got taken out. Now you have, I don't know, state Senate President Corman in there. Um, There was a narrative about what went on. They had a hearing yesterday. Uh, One of the election integrity group heads came on, Steve Bannon, not Q's war room, to kind of talk about how that went down. Bannon was kind of hyped because the wheels are rolling, but she kind of put the brakes to it and gave a little, you know, disclosure on what kind of happened in that hearing yesterday. So listen to a portion of this. Tony Shoup, she's from Audit the Vote PA. She's been following all day as we've been on the White House and also the Justice Department. We started with Attorney General Ken Paxson about the heartbeat law, the Merrick Garland's, the, the Justice Department said they're going to sue him. We still don't. It's kind of fuzzy. It, it's kind of fuzzy about exactly what the um, what the complaint is. Um, but we're going to get more on that in this hour, too, as many of the lawyers that are dealing with that are, are going to call in. and We're going to have some people up. So uh, Pennsylvania hearing today. Tony Shoup, you watched the entire thing. Give us your assessment. I understand that there are going to be subpoenas flying or another uh, supposedly another hearing early next week. Subpoena supposed to be flying. What was what was your takeaway? My takeaway, I actually got the total opposite impression. There are no subpoenas flying. There are potential for them to fly, but today was incredibly disappointing. Honestly, Steve, people on the ground and the grassroots are ticked off as all get out. The hearing, Senator Dush spent the first 30 minutes talking about how the Senate has the authority to do this investigation and setting the stage for that, which honestly, at first I was like, okay, I get it. Pennsylvania has a very corrupt court system. We have to do everything we can to insulate it from the courts. I was on board. That was 30 minutes. But then they brought in a Fulton County commissioner and had testimony from him and nobody asked any significant questions. They allowed the Democrats on the committee to run most of it, which they're still trying to push their free and fair election narrative. And what they could have asked this county commissioner is that Wake TSI, which is another cybersecurity company similar to Cyber Ninjas and whatnot that has done the Arizona audit, actually looked at the Fulton County machines back in January and did an assessment of them and produced a report. And they actually found SQL software on those Dominion machines, which is a direct violation of the Pennsylvania election code, breaking the law, plain and simple. They could have asked him about that at the hearing and they chose not to. It was a dog and pony show and the people on the ground are completely disgusted. Now, I mean, she's right. I did go and try to find a couple articles related to that and some stuff on Twitter. And I was able to find out that there was a lot of democratic grandstanding, making fun of it, calling it, you know, 
Trump's own version of the witch hunts he used to make fun of and, and things of that nature. However, Mr. Corman did jump back on War Room today. I didn't pull the audio for that because it's just it kind of gets into like a repetitive cycle. But it looks like they kind of wanted to let them shoot their shot. And now moving forward, they, they really feel like the ball is going to get rolling and some subpoenas are actually going to be issued in um, Pennsylvania as well. What do you think about that? I mean, most likely states right here. I mean, there, there's two major places. I, I think Fulton and, and Philadelphia and Pennsylvania are probably key. And then you have those four in Georgia, uh, Atlanta, DeKalb, Cobb, and Fulton down there as well. I mean, you get those three states kind of getting the ball rolling, including Arizona now, and that kind of is enough for uh, possible decertification across the board. So when are the subpoenas going to be issued? Anybody can say that they're going to issue subpoenas. When are uh, these people going to be held accountable to testify on this? Who are going to, who's going to be the people that are listening to this? I mean, right now it's the biggest slow play um, ever. And that's it. I mean, it looks like there is a lot of slow play that is the American populace is not, they're not waiting till 2022. I mean, there are certain ways to remove people from office constitutionally as well. And um, you don't have to go through an impeachment process in Congress. There's Article 2, Section 4. It's a pretty obvious one. Applies to all civil officers. Uh, So when is it going to happen? I mean, anybody can get on any podcast or or any uh, take any interview and say, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen today. Well, really? Is it going to happen today or not? And that, I think that's a question with the you, you want to have positive mindset, you, but the, the American populace is getting um, restless and you see the same policymakers that are still talking in circles about the same thing they talked about the day before and the day before that and the, and the day before that. Uh, so what what are we going to do to move forward or is this just going to be is it never going to change? Because if it doesn't change, we're, we're in a bad spot. Yeah, we sure are. Uh, immediately, we're in a bad spot. And the American people feel like they're being lied to. And look, it, it wasn't easy for somebody like myself to, to expose a lot of things and go against the establishment and, um, and fight. And, but I, I did it for one reason. I did it for the people. And that's what we have. We have to have that type of mindset as we move forward in a brave new world or anywhere else um, to to get it done and stop thinking about ourselves. Think about how our actions impact everybody else. Nobody's perfect, but we have to uh, look. Money is the root of all evil. Yes, like it, it really is. I if I want a million dollars right now from the freaking lottery, I'd give back probably the majority of it literally like 95 percent of it because every people need help um and i mean everybody needs help i, I need help uh, so the the reality is it, it's you got to operate with a selfless type of mindset you have to i mean running for office should not be a pedestal for self-promotion it should be for the people there should be term limits there should be simple things like that to give people um, a chance to to do what's right i have people tell me all the time that uh like Jeremy, I, I would love to run for office, but I don't want to get my life, my life ripped apart, which is what happens. And um, it's un-American. 
in every way imaginable. If you cannot debate somebody on policy and or any type of type of constitutional principle, you are not very good at all. If you have to find out about Uncle Tom that you don't even know about that used to drink whiskey right. all the time on a park bench and try to use that in a mail out to try to discredit you, you're just weak. And I'm probably a worse person to even try to debate because of stuff like that. And uh, that's that's also another issue with the politics as well. You're seeing the divisive part of it. There are great people in America. We have a lot of smart people that could step up and run for whatever. But a lot of them are scared for those very reasons that I talked about. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate, but that is what the reality has been. And I would love to be able to uh, change that because that's when you start getting people working together and using each other's leveraging each other's strengths in certain areas where I may be weak at. And that's where you get that um, our, our collective knowledge. We work together is uh, power. So uh, it's a long winded answer to that. But it's these audits. It's like, OK, we keep talking about it. <laughs> like what's going on? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're a hundred percent honest. I mean, if there's one thing that, uh, has really been taking a long time, it's, it's keeping the ball rolling with these. And we know, you know, there's a lot of excuses. They want them to be legitimate. They want it fine tooth comb, double check, triple check. But at the end of the day, I'd rather know. I'd rather want to know yes or no. Yes or no, please. You know, you know, and it's just one of those things like not yes or no speculative, not yes or no, maybe just yes or no, and then we can move on from there. You know, if there if there was mess ups that happened and, and, and shit that needs to be addressed before twenty twenty, let's get to it. But if there was legitimate stolen diamonds, rigged election, and all that stuff, we need to really have it addressed, and and we need to get a disposition on it because we can't just let this stuff slide. So, Antoinette, well, go ahead. You, you you're right, but you think about some of the same bad actors. You yeah. think about chain of custody. That yep. was another big thing. Oh yeah, I mean literally talked to people that worked at a voting location that told me they took a voting machine in their car back to a warehouse. So you think about chain of custody. If your chain of custody isn't secure at the same time, if there aren't cameras in every, everywhere, I mean, how do you, what, are we just going to do the same thing again? I mean, that's a, that's the reality of it. I mean, we have to be doing things that are going to level set America and unite us versus divide us. We have been in the very, very divisive time in history right now. We have to have leaders that can stand up to anybody and, and really bring people together versus drive a wedge into each other. That's why some of the things, unfortunately, that Donald Trump says, I would never say it Right. just for that simple fact that um i they may be maniacs but why am i going to call them maniacs especially if i'm president of the united states um and i I like trump's policies i I like his enthusiasm uh, but i'm seeing 15 17 steps ahead and i see things that i would do a little bit differently uh, in order to bring uh, the country together versus uh, driving us um, further apart and that's where you see it i mean right now is um, one side's not going to be happy. So how do we mitigate the risk of any type of civil unrest at the same time? And we're, we're not in a good spot right now. Yeah. Those type of, uh, those type of comments too. It also, when you think about enemies, foreign and domestic, do you think our um, enemies 
foreign and domestic don't listen to comments mm. like that. No offense. That's why you have to lead by example and hold yourself to a higher standard. And look, I've, I've, I've tweeted things I wish I never tweeted, but uh, either way, I mean, I'll own it at the end of the day. And that's the hardest thing that people um, in politics, they can't own their own shortcomings and, and realize that they probably messed up. That's why they don't listen to the constituency or anything like that. I mean, it's just a position for them to act like they're better than everybody else. And uh, we, we have to be better as Americans at the same time, more compassionate, kind, be more empathetic, um, understand we're all unique and different and we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. So, but when you combine our collective knowledge and wisdom, we are incredibly strong together. So uh, I truly believe that uh, when you think about uh, the United States of America, holistically, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a good point. I mean, the way I look at it is, and not exactly piggybacking off of what you said, but just in general, as far as getting disposition, riot season's coming regardless. Ugh. Listen, this flips, it's riot season. Oh, well, yeah. That's we go a given. to 2022, they're not going to be able to steal as much. The House and the Senate are going to get flipped regardless. There is an enormous. This country is full of hate for both sides right now, and the boomerang starting to come back around for, you know, it seems like whoever occupies the White House can't occupy it for more than five minutes without everybody hating their guts. Um, this one probably for more... Of a valid reason. Right. Illegitimate, legitimate reasons, if I say it like that. Yeah. Antoinette, we're wrapping here. Stop the steal. Final word. Frustration level. What, the world? Me? Anything. Stop the steal. I mean, all the audit stuff going on right now, the current political climate weigh in. I really, I really think these results need to come in as soon as possible. I think it, it's it's been a long time, and people are getting really impatient. Yeah, say the you least. Know, America, America pissed off level is like nine point. I don't know. Nine nine seven percent. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Why does that sound familiar? I don't know. I never heard it anywhere before. Survivability rate or something? <laughs> you are you're, you're right. The problem. You're, you're right. I mean, the, the pissed off level is at a, a 10. I yeah. mean, I get heat all the time uh, when you're challenging the system, trying to fix gaps in the judicial process just in general. Um, when you think about things on a local level, I mean, you can't play Congress – I got a call about school boards in Florida. I don't even know what, I can't do anything about school boards. Candidly, I have to figure out how to get things done here, but I had people that call and vent and yell um, all the time. They're, 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 they're beyond frustrated. And, um, and uh, you ask them to keep the faith and you definitely want to lead with uh, divine uh, principles and values and ideals. Cause that's a, that's how our country was founded on yeah. from Washington on down. You look at it, it was founded on divine principles. I don't care what anybody says, but when you see the, uh, that uh, God trying to be erased from uh, our kids' lives, just in school, I mean, come on, man. Yep. Massachusetts actually abolished slavery a long time before it was like in 1783 uh, prior to the Emancipation Proclamation. So if you actually know anything about history, you know that uh, a lot of these narratives that are being played out, they're, they're not, they're not real life. And it's, it's been unfortunate and you're right. Antoinette. I mean, it's at nine, nine, nine. 
mean, there's no more excuses for anybody. It's oh, it's all action. Like I'm telling you, people don't want to see Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago on a golf course at a dinner or anything like that. Because guess what? A lot of these people can't afford to yep. even go play golf to at Mar-a-Lago or have a dinner like that. No one cares. I don't care. Sorry. I just don't. Uh, I care about telling the truth, care about facts, care about being honest. And uh, I care about the candid feedback um, as well so I can learn and grow. But it's not all about me and it's not it's about America. It's about what we can do to work together for a cause bigger than ourselves. And when you believe and in something like that, we can get things done. But we are at the end of the rope for everybody for everybody. Yeah, I think we're at the precipice. I mean, there you go. There you go what he said i think i think we're there and um i could feel like the buildup and whatnot and you know obviously we try to stay positive tell others that are you know having a hard time with all of this too you know like you know we're almost there we're so close but you know you can only say that so many times you know people are they just had enough they have and cognitive dissonance is a real thing and you look there are a lot of people right now that they see this and they're like in disbelief. They're like, is this really happening? Yeah. And, and like, this is like a movie within a movie, within a movie, within yeah. a movie. And it's like, how is this person the leader of the free world? Why aren't our congressional representatives doing anything? Why on earth did the Texas Democrats get on a plane? It was paid for by Beto and yep. his buddies uh and go to washington to grandstand for an unconstitutional bill that would be the end of america well if this if we don't have a solution like now uh we're we're at that uh, we're at that point the precipice we may be on maybe beyond that because oh, that's good there, there are people that are just pissed off and um which is a good thing too, because we need change. And the only way that any change will be able to happen is if people feel this shit, you know, and for real in real life. I mean, because this stuff has been going on for way too long. Yeah, they have to get uh, resensitized since they're yes, so desensitized exactly. uh, to everything that's been going on. Like I said, you've had a lifetime worth of newsworthy happenings going on now for the last year and it's more than i mean i'm in my mid 40s now and it's more than i've seen in my entire life so it's kind yeah, of kind, kind of, of where we're at and it's, and it's pretty amazing you want to know what this was an amazing show i had a great time and it was surely a treat noah yeah it was a i was a freaking barnstormer but look how much great information we got today and uh excellent discussion conversation Mr. Jeremy Bravo, you are, in addition to being a scholar, which I already knew, quite the historian and an intellectual. I enjoyed having conversation with you today, and I would like you to come back again on this show soon. There have been lots of people in the community have been asking when you were going to be on this show, and you did not disappoint by far, sir. Yeah, this um, needs to be a regular thing. For sure. Before we cut with you, can you please tell all of our audience where they could find you on any kind of social media platform? Yeah, you, you can find me. Hey, first of all, thank you for having me on. Great dialogue. Constructive dialogue is always great dialogue. And again, we the people, period. True story. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, likely on this show, again, moving forward in the future. Nice. In other areas. Absolutely. You know what else is great? 
listening to this show. And you can find us on all major podcasting platforms. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, rate it, write a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share. Um, show credits of the week, in addition to Mr. Jeremy Bravo, who, man, my brain almost hurts from all those facts that he was rattling off all show. We got a lot of the uh, usual suspects. Uh, Miss Wonder Woman, of course, the Daily Breb, Canadians DS11 now. Locked out of 9 and 10 yesterday. Cagbro88, Garbaggio of the Garbaggio crime family, and Instagram family. Uh, Miss Emerald Robinson from Newsmax, Christina Bob from OAN, and Mr. Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of the National File. Um, don't forget to visit our sponsors as well. Help make small, American-owned and operated businesses great again. Odyssey, whether you're podcasting, in-studio recording, or gaming, they have all the headphones, needs, Met. They're available at odyssey.com, they're on Instagram, and at Facebook. Uh, man rubs. Don't mistreat your meat. Summer's almost over, kids. Buy some, shake it, rub it, smoke it, eat it. It's delicious. <laughs> Make Noah laugh every week. <laughs> Stay ready, gear holsters. You like that melted plastic stuff to put your shoot shoot in? They got it. They make it extremely high quality. And uh, if you don't like any of the designs they have on their website, send them a picture, your face, steak for breakfast logo, like your cat, and they'll put it on a Kydex concealed carry holster for you. What you could fill those with, firearms, West Coast Survival Arms, Mike, get down there. More importantly, he's got ammo. That's what everybody really needs and wants right now. Um, he's on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, his newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com and at 619-870-6992. And then our Tactical Gear Flare dealers. Mediocre Medic, for all our first responders out there, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, and at mediocremedic.com. And Mark Joe Friday over at Dumpbox, dumpbox.us. He's on Instagram and Facebook as well, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Um, upcoming shows, we got a couple goodies. We'll be back on Tuesday with Miss Gabby Fox. She'll be making her first appearance on the program. Next Friday, we'll have Hannah Kirkpatrick, formerly of Sky News, circling back. And South Carolina congressional, or I'm sorry, senatorial candidate, Tim Swain. He'll be on. Um, the following Tuesday, 921, Miss Norbin Laden will be back. On the 24th of September, we will have Prince Alex Stein of Conspiracy Castle. In addition to Miss Esther Valdez, she is one of the... Uh, Big guns when it comes to immigration court cases in the United States. And she's going to be talking all about the southwest border with us. Nice. In addition to hopefully re retaining her as the official lawyer of our show. Ooh. Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News will be joining us on the 28th of September. And on the 1st of October, Alan, the host of the Great Divide podcast, will be joining us. Um, friends of the Week, Kaleo 3.1, the Duke of Memes. What I mean to say, period, in between each word. American Patriotic Babe, thank you for all those uh, clips of Joe Biden's disastrous address yesterday. Real Brenda Memes 5, Snipe Snopes, and of course, Baby Cakes 2.0. Ladies and gentlemen, before we let you go till Tuesday, a couple things we ask that you always do. Number one, do your own research. Um, in addition to our usual banter, Mr. Bravo gave you guys a lot of uh, facts and logic to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, do your research on this week. If you like some of the stuff we talked about it, research it. If you don't, research it even harder. You might find out at the end that uh, maybe we were right. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. It's not dipping anymore. It was dipping on Tuesday. Now it's not dipping anymore. Mm. XRP. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Let's see what happens. Abdul.
But most importantly, where we go one, we go all. Like I already said, we'll be back on Tuesday with Miss Gabby Fox. This has been episode 62 of Steak for Breakfast Podcast, and on behalf of myself, my co-pilot Noah, Bye. Antoinette, I think she's uh, drowning in her apartment right now in her storm, and our guest, Mr. Jeremy Bravo, thanks for listening, and take care. Also be seeing the president. Uh, not tomorrow, but on on, on Saturday, mm-hmm. Joe Biden will be at the World Trade Center. Anything to say to him? He surrendered Afghanistan. I have nothing to say to him. I just have nothing to say. Commissioner Carrick, thank you again. Great, thank you.